We got some two special guests uh, joining us again. Returning uh, again, we got uh, Yosin, uh, who came in for the Judas and the uh, Black Messiah review. Um, he's back again, and we got Jeremy uh, coming back. Uh, Jeremy, this is like your what your third time, I would say, like third or fourth time here, I would say. Yeah, I think I think it's my third time. Yeah, third time here. Yeah, he's about to tie he's about to tie Jenna for most guest appearances on the show. I think <laughs> almost. Yeah, so that's that's pretty good. Yeah, you're back again, man. Just man, couldn't get enough of that punishment, I guess, of, be, of being here, I guess. Um, uh, so we got a uh, good show uh, for you all today. Going to be talking about uh, Space Jam uh, 1 and 2. Um, is Space Jam a new legacy better than the first one? Um, this time starring uh, LeBron James. Uh, is it better than the Michael Jordan? 96 Space Jam will let you all know. Uh, we're also going to be going into depth of Loki, give a whole series wrap-up of that, uh, series finale review, discussions for what's going to happen potentially in the future with it, how it sets up other future MCU properties, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, also going to discuss UFC oh, yeah. 264, all the big events that happen there as well, all the yep. major developments, uh, fights. Oh, what did you say? Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, there's a reason I'm wearing the, the, the whole like jersey today. Yeah, the UFC jersey. Yeah. Gotta talk about it. Yeah, brought out the jersey today. Right. So my, my 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 hours of watching fights on Fight Pass are finally starting to pay off. Mm. Yeah, how much is that costing? For, like... Oh, well, internationally, it's only like nine ninety nine a month. Oh, okay. So that's that's not too. Well, like I just paid for ESPN Plus. So okay, that's mm-hmm. like uh, I think like. I don't know the exact price, but I think like around thirty bucks a year, something like that. But you have to pay for the pay per view still. So, yeah. mm. uh, okay. Um, so yeah, we're going to be discussing that as well. So we're going to go into depth of that. Um, so how's everybody doing? I'm fine, man. Thanks for um, having me back. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, yeah. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing well. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, I just went to the uh, Van Gogh exhibit today, took some good pictures, you know, uh, I was cultured today, you know, enjoyed some good, you know, art exhibit, you know, went around, uh, pinky up, you know, j- sipping some tea. So, you know, you know, you know, has I'll some- your little Instagram oh, story. Tea. Oh, tea. Yeah, hasn't. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Enjoyed, you know, enjoyed being cultured, you know what I mean? Looking at the, the beautiful work of Van Gogh. Uh, went to a nice little gift shop, picked me up some nice stuff, you know, and I paid a premium ticket, you know, a little upgrade, you know, flexed a little bit, you know, actually that's what it's called, premium <laughs> flex too. So that's how you know, you know what I mean, just to let everybody know what you're working with, you know, so premium flex, you know, it's like, hey, you get a little, you know, some extra, you know, you get a little, you know, like a little pillow to sit on, you know, you get a free poster, you know, <laughs> so that's pretty nice, you know, you know, got that, but um, yeah, it was, it was. Oh, you just- yeah, just had to fl- had to flex on the people that you got that premium, that premium flex. Yeah, premium access. So it was it was nice, you know what I mean? Um, you know, you know, had some That's nice music the, playing. The Van Gogh Museum. Oh, is that is how is that how the the, the betters say it? Yeah, the yeah, Van Gogh? that's how. Yeah, that's actually how. It, no, that's how it's actually pronounced, Van Gogh. Oh, Van Gogh. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that's how you <laughs> that's how you poor is supposed to pronounce it, Van Gogh. That's how it's supposed to be said. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so that was that was pretty nice. Yeah, um, I'm planning on doing maybe the Banksy exhibit as well. There's that showing in Chicago, so I'll maybe talk about that. Yeah, maybe go to that. Um, there's also like this Museum of Illusions that's downtown uh, that I want to check out as well. Um, looking, to, I think that'd be a good date thing nice. to do um, as well. Going to the museum mm. there. Um, all right, so uh, let's get into the topics. Uh, I'm gonna let uh, Yosin and Nick take it off since they're the two big fight nerds here. Um, so they're going to be discussing UFC 264. So guys, what do you got for us there? All right. Okay. So 264, that was the highly anticipated trilogy fight between, uh, a former double champ, uh, Conor McGregor and, uh, former interim lightweight champion, Dustin Poirier. Now these two gentlemen have fought twice before, both ending in, uh, knockouts in the first for Con Conor back in 2014 and, uh, for Poirier in the second uh, earlier this year, I think it was uh, January. Yeah. Mm. So a big story with that fight is Connor was was looking was gunning for a fight with Manny Pacquiao after. That's why he chose Dustin Poirier. They're both southpaws. They're both uh, very good boxing, but Dustin's I'd say his boxing has improved drastically, which is why uh, why. Uh, a lot of Connor's weapons haven't don't really work against a fellow Southpaw unless he drastically changes his style like he did in the second Nate Diaz fight. In the second Nate fight, he was throwing more leg kicks, he was like in close, throwing elbows. In the Poirier rematch, he was mostly boxing. Uh, that, along with uh, strikes against the cage and the leg kicks, that definitely uh, hurt him. Hurt him bad, and I was shocked to see Connor throwing leg kicks more in the in the rematch. He was like doing a very good job of trying to cut off uh, Poirier's movement. Like he started off with two, like I think he started off with like two spinning back kicks to the body. So that really impressed me. But from then on, it was the Dustin Poirier show. Connor tried to jump on a guillotine, and Poirier is a legit black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Terrible he mistake. Was, like, yeah, Poirier, he's one of the... There's only two people that have gotten close to finishing Khabib, and even then, that's arguable. There's Michael Johnson, who uh, clipped Khabib uh, with a right hand after, like, a four-year layoff. And there's Poirier, who in their fight almost had Khabib in a guillotine. Yeah. You're not fucking choking out Dustin Poirier, unless Absolutely. your name is the Korean zombie. Absolutely. Yeah, man, um, UFC 264, what a fight card, first off. Mm. Um, shout out to Dustin Poirier for um, getting the job done. Uh, it was unfortunate how the fight ended um, because I feel like because of um, Connor's injury, he uh, broke his mm. leg at the end of the first round. Because um, of his in sorry, because of his injury, there's going to be a lot of speculations on, like, you know, what could have happened. Um but yeah, I think most of the speculation is coming from Connor's camp. Absolutely, like John Kavanaugh. He, John Kavanaugh, his head coach. He was mostly doing damage control from that, mm -hmm. um, making a whole bunch of excuses. But I think, and this might be controversial. I think John Kavanaugh is kind of in the camp of like a, uh, a yes an, man, uh, an Edmund uh, head movement Tarverdian <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Because I feel like Connor has made him so much money and made him like such a figure in the sport 
that he literally cannot say no to Connor. Yeah. Is imagine like Connor if he went to a guy like a, a Greg Jackson or a Duke Rufus or a Trevor Whitman. Yeah. Imagine that, Connor. Man, tell me about it. Um. Yeah, man. Like it was very unfortunate because I am a Connor fan. I love Desperate as well. I love um. Yeah, but, yeah. You, you and me. Ha- yeah, you and me had a bet going in. I picked Poirier, he picked uh, Connor. Yeah, 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 man. Like, I'm, man, I'm such a Connor nut hugger, bro. <laughs> like, I love Connor, bro. You like, say you're a, you're, you're, you're a Mick nut hugger. N- yeah, Mick nut hugger. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, like, uh, I, like, I've been a Connor fan since, um, mm. uh, 20, at the end of 2014, or, or early 2015 when he went against Dennis Seaver when um, um mm, he was okay. on his run uh, for the uh, one title against Jose Aldo. Uh, mm, so, yes. so like, I've been on a bandwagon, man. Like, I love Connor. I love his <laughs> style. Uh, what hurts me the most, bro, like, I just don't think he's hungry anymore, man. Like, um, especially, you know, the way how the fight ended, um, his post-fight interview. Um, granted, um, Granted, we don't know how it feels to be in a cage and stuff. You training your ass yeah. off for yeah. for like a fight and just for your leg to like break. I understand the right frustration, but it's just the whole putting you know people and like family. Two, and then two minutes after your leg breaks, Joe Rogan's like in your face with a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> what did you? What do you think happened, yeah. Connor? Yeah, yeah. Um, to be honest. That's a different conversation. I don't think Joe Rogan was yeah. right for, for for doing something like yeah. that. Um, that's like equivalent to like um, interviewing a fighter after he got knocked out. Like, yeah, like you can't interview true. a fighter after a freak accident. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, yeah. Um, like uh, like what I was trying to say earlier, I feel like that is going to um, have a lot of speculations uh, around it. To be honest, I was watching the um, Brennan Shaw um, podcast. Uh, oh no, um, yeah. It was a podcast. It was like a fight companion episode, and he was saying this is like the perfect ending for 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 Connor in a weird way, be because the fact that he didn't fully get finished, there's still going to be that speculation from a casual fan. Okay, what would have happened? Be because if you look at what happened a few months ago with Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler, that first round, Charles Oliveira was getting yeah, mauled. That first, yeah, that first <laughs> round it. It was an arguable 10-8 round for yeah, Michael Chan. Yeah, and um, what happened in the first few seconds of the second round, Charles Oliveira mm. clipped him. Granted, oh yeah, just, uh, yeah. Uh, granted, Dustin Poirier yeah, is I, a much better boxer than um Michael Chandler. Um, so, yeah. so I, I do yeah, think it's I, a long I, stretch. I watched, Go ahead. Yeah, and I watched a breakdown with uh from uh, Jack Slack, who's used to write for uh, Vice on Fightland. He used to do all their uh fight breakdowns and. His biggest thing with Michael Chandler is every time after he throws, after he throws a overhand right, his chin stays right where it was. It's like yeah. he's admiring his work a little bit too much. Yeah. And that's when Oliveira was able to clip him. Mm-hmm. Poirier, he used to do that too a little bit when because uh, he was a southpaw. He likes to step forward into orthodox and then throw the overhand right from there. He still does it a little bit, but he uses it more to set up his takedowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dustin, he's a much more complete fighter than than Michael Chandler. But um, yeah, like my whole point was like, if you look at that fight, 
compared to this fight. Don't get me wrong, Connor had his moments, just like in that Oliveira fight. Oliveira had his moments in that first round as well, too. Um, like um, yes, Connor, Connor, Connor threw some nasty elbows from the bottom. Mm. Connor threw some nasty up kicks from the bottom. Um, mm. um, Connor started off looking sharp. Like like um, um to like people out there that that saying Connor just doesn't look the same. He was looking sharp at the beginning of that round. Um, mm. um like I really love the uh like the Nate Diaz tactic he used in his rematch on um, chopping the leg. Uh, um, like I feel like he was trying to um. He was trying to emulate the uh, first fight between him and Dustin, um, throwing throwing like the wild kicks, just to throw Dustin off, just to try to lead him to his left hand. Um, I, I feel like that's what he was trying to do. Um, Connor said um, in a recent um, video, he was saying that um, he injured his leg prior to the fight. <laughs> I love Connor, but I don't know if I necessarily really believe that. But that's another story. I mean, but, um, he was, I mean, if you follow the if you follow the sport long enough, no fighter enters that cage a hundred percent. Even absolutely. our uh, interview, our, even our interview with uh, Miranda Maverick, that's uh, on our up on our YouTube channel. Uh, she's a pro fighter that's fighting next weekend. Actually, yeah. um, she was saying that yeah, she had a a pretty rough couple injuries going into her fight with Jillian Robertson, and that's that's prepping for like three rounds. This is a five round ostensibly for the for a title for a number one contender spot mm -hmm. yeah yeah um yeah man like he was saying uh, how he injured his leg and um because of his injury uh they had to train a little bit differently for the fight so, so what like, was he was he, um, practicing those up kicks or something i, I don't know what was he saying yeah, that, uh, he, uh, he what was, was he saying, saying he had a was he was saying he had a uh, stress fractures along uh along the leg that broke I yeah. think that's what he was uh, claiming that his foot was, his leg was already uh, like compromised, fragile. Yeah. yeah. Which, which it's believable, but it's believable, but and, but I don't think it's necessary to really say. Um, like mm -hmm. um, I understand it was a freak accident. Um, Dustin said yeah. he he checked the kick. I don't care what he says. He didn't check no. Kick. <laughs> <laughs> like I watched it fight like like on five times. I love Dustin. Beautiful man, beautiful fighter, but yeah, like mm -hmm. no, he didn't check no kicks at all. Um, like on um, John Kavanaugh pointed out something very interesting. He was saying when um Connor threw uh the like front lead kick, um his um leg landed onto Dustin's elbow. Yeah, that's what I and think. And then happened. immediately he switched stances what... right after that. Yeah, that's what I think happened because mm -hmm. um anyone who's done kickboxing, you know, Kicking these things hurts like hell. It has fucked up my ankle more times than I can count. It sucked. And if he, and if like Connor claims, he had a an injury going into the fight on that leg, that may very well be like the beginning of the end for it. Yeah. For that injury. Yeah, man. Um, far as like the aftermath, um, mm. I'm such a Connor fan. I, I believe he can still compete, but. The Connor there's no argument, that there's I'm no used argument to. That he can still, there's no argument that he can still compete. He can still have a lot of fun fights. There's a lot of fun matchups for like him. Like the Nate Diaz there's fight, Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal, Rafael Dos Anjos, who there's already a built-in story there. But honestly, I think his days at 
it's like a championship Absolutely. caliber fighter. I that's think why are done. That's why I believe personally Connor should retire. Um, this is just coming from a fan. Um, love Connor. I love to watch him fight if he come back, which I think he will come back. I watch every fight. Like I love Connor. I love what he brought to the sport. I love his style. I love his confidence. Mm-hmm. Like I love him. But I just feel like the Connor who I was uh, accustomed to um from like twenty fourteen to like twenty sixteen, it was such a different Connor. Such a different yeah, Connor. He, he was yeah, when you, so much more when you think about than his, he is now. When you think about his career, he had one of the greatest runs in the sport. Yeah. Knock, knocking out guys in the first round, picking picking the round almost, and yeah. then stopping one of the greats in Jose Aldo. Oh, Jesus seconds. <laughs> and, and like then the finishing <laughs> and destroyed Eddie Alvarez to win the lightweight title. And Eddie Alvarez is and tough. Yeah, like, Eddie Alvarez, like a durable was, fighter like that. Yeah, that was one of the tougher matchups for him at lightweight. Yeah. Um, it was especially like the top five at the time. It was like uh, Eddie. It was Tony Ferguson, Habib. It, it was Murderer's Row, and even the quote unquote easiest matchup for him, which was Eddie Alvarez. That's still not a fucking cakewalk. Yeah, absolutely not. Like on Eddie Alvarez is easily one of the best lightweights uh, of all time. So, um, um, so with other injuries that people have suffered, so like Anderson Silva and Chris Wyman. How would you compare it to that? And, you know, um, you saw Anderson Silva come back to the sport after the injury. Um, mm. You know, and he's never been the same since. Never been. So he was, he's he, had some fun fights, but he's never really been the same. Yeah, yeah. And like, Anderson Silva is my personal goal. Anderson Silva is the greatest of all time in my eyes. Okay. He was the reason why I got into the UFC. Um, so, right. like, I'm extremely biased when it comes to Anderson, but man, yeah. like, um, but man, like, Ever since that second Chris Wyman fight, um, yeah, man, he just hasn't been the same. And um, that um, injury compared to Connor's injury, I do think Connor's injury was a little better, to be honest. The because with yeah, Anderson Silva, yeah. he broke his entire like leg. Connor, he just broke. Um, I think it was like the like the fibula bone, right? Yeah, yeah, his fibula broke. Yeah, and it's a much less invasive surgery in order to correct that. Anderson, yeah. he was out for a year. Yeah, he was out for like a whole year. Yeah, um, um, like I do think Connor can definitely come back from this injury. Um, um, like when you look at clowns like um Stephen A. Smith saying that he'll never <laughs> be the same. Like <laughs> Jesus, like I would think Connor is still the same fighter, but yeah, it just depends on his hunger. The thing about it, we don't know until we know. It's like there's like freak comebacks in the sport all the time. Dominic Cruz coming back after what a eternity on the yeah. shelf in injuries after injury after injury and coming back and beating Dillashaw for the title. Yeah, hmm. that's so, one of the greatest comebacks in in sports history. Yeah, and can Connor make a comeback on that level? Maybe. Man, but, but when you look at that top five, at, I don't think he beats anybody at the top five. Gaethje, to be, I think, just to be honest with you, this is just me. This is probably just me being a Connor nut hugger, but I believe he can beat Charles Oliveira. I truly believe he can beat Charles Oliveira. Um, but that's probably like the only person in that um, top five. 
Um, um like um, yeah. far as like Poirier, Poirier mauls him. Chandler, I think, takes him down. Uh, Chandler, uh, is Chandler top five? He is he in the top five? It, but like, um, I think he was already ranked like number six though when he fought for the title. Well, they're trying to prim him to yeah. to match him up with Gaethje right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. So my biggest concern just in the aftermath of this is Poirier being in kind of like a Robert Whitaker situation. Because mm-hmm. back when Whitaker first uh, won the interim title, that's when Bisbing was still the champion. But Bisbing was fucking around with uh, Dan Henderson and yeah. George St. Pierre. So yeah. it was pretty much Robert Whitaker being the real champion, but also not having the real belt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So when we're looking at, you know, recovery time. Um, Connor had already had not had consistent amount of fights anyway, spaced out over, you know, he had fights spaced out over five years. Um, so recovery time, you know, they said possibly looking at what, like six months to a year, possibly, um, for him, you know, um, I think he said, um, I think Dana White said he's going to be out for a year, but, um, I think Connor said he's going to be on crushes for like about six weeks, something like that. Okay. I'm not 100 percent sure. Don't don't quote me on that. But but I think he said that. And um, I think the rest is just you know learning how to balance on that leg, um, learning how to mm. kick with it. So 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 I think uh, like he should probably be back next summer okay. if he does come back. And and um, um, I believe if he comes back, he should go against Nate Diaz. I uh, like I think that's a good matchup for him. To be honest, that's yeah. I think that's a good winnable matchup. And if it goes well, I think retire. Go out on that high note, closing out that last trilogy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how much money could he possibly make if he does like another trilogy fight with Nate Diaz oh. and and oh. does maybe one more with Dustin? No Taylor. matter. No. No matter no, what no. fight he gets, it's yeah. red panty night. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> easily. It doesn't like, matter. Especially since this fight ended the way it did. If he got knocked out, we'll probably be saying something different right now. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. but like. The fact that it ended the way it did, like I said, there's going to be some speculation, especially when it comes to the casuals. Whenever Connor Smith is on any card, headlining, mm. red penny night, <laughs> like you said. <laughs> um, like, And especially with Nate Diaz, which is like probably like the second biggest star in, in the entire UFC behind mm. Connor. Like, a trilogy between them two. That's like history yeah. right there, to be honest. Like, like you can't write a better ending. And 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 like what you said, Nate Diaz is a tough out, but I do think that's a winnable matchup for him because Nate Diaz yeah. does 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 take rounds off. We we saw that yeah, against Leon Edwards. He takes rounds and off. Nate, <laughs> nah, Nate Diaz is a guy that has out and out refused to change his style with the times. <laughs> yeah, straight up said, "I don't care." Yeah, yeah. Like um, but I do think that's a winnable matchup for him. Um, and and um, if that fight happened, and um, if he wins, he should just ride off into the sunset. Um, um, he like um, he already like he's already a legend right now. Anyway, like first ever double champ. Nobody yeah, ever did simultane- anything like, like that. First ever simultaneous double champ. Yeah. yeah. So um, so I was I was listening to something. So just like how you listening to Stevie and Smith. Um, I was listening to Shannon Sharp on Undisputed, 
And, um, you know, I don't know uh, what's your opinion on his takes on MMA or anything like that. But he was saying that uh, with Conor, you know, his style is just a style that hasn't really evolved all that much. Similar to like what happened with Ronda Rousey. Like just people just started to figure her out. So, you know, during this time, do you think it's a situation where people just have started to figure out Conor McGregor? You know, his style, his striking ability. It's just not that dangerous anymore. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Um, Like I will say this. Um, I don't know if you, if you guys watch this interview, but Habib, um, mm. the greatest lightweight of all time, uh, he uh, said um, something that was very interesting. He has said with Conor, he don't think he'll ever be the same because because Habib's mindset is even if you don't have a fight schedule, you should always be training. Yeah. Whether if it's learning uh, like a new technique, just like evolving your game, like you just can't go into training camp when you have a fight schedule. And, and I yeah. think that's where Conor lost it. Um, um, like, yeah. Yeah. I, like I feel like yeah. the Floyd Mayweather fight was like the best and worst thing that that's ever happened to him. Best thing be, because that sets him up for life financially. That, but that. but the worst thing is because of the simple fact that his mind just focused strictly on boxing, mm. when his mind should be focused on where the hell he came from, <laughs> which mm. was trying to better his technique kickboxing grappling all of that stuff like i mean before that 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 like um mayweather fight he had one of the best takedown defenses in in entire ufc and then ever since then he's been more flat-footed and so like i just feel like he hasn't been taking mixed martial arts as seriously as he did in the past And, and and that's what hurts the most because i know what he's capable of to be honest if I hate thinking hypothetically, but again, I love Connor, so I'm gonna say this. Mm-hmm. If he ever take that Mayweather fight, I think it's a big possibility that that he could have be happy. Me personally, mm-hmm. be- because he's the only fighter in the history to ever win a round as in, like like against Khabib. Granted, Khabib probably took that round off because the round previous and stuff he tried to take Connor out, and uh, and he probably gassed himself out, so he just took a round off. But believe it or not, Connor did damn near the best against Khabib even after a two year layoff and like 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 he was actually defending takedowns. Hmm. He got mauled. Yeah, but but, but he was actually defending Khabib. takedowns and he looked sluggish still during that fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but with Khabib, it's not about defending one takedown. It's the fact yeah. of defending like the next five attempts. Yeah. After. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um so do you think that you know, Connor's style when it comes to marketing the fights and everything like that. I know um, even after, you know, he had his leg broken, I mean, he was still talking crap. Um, you know, your wife is in the DMs, you know what I mean? He was, you know, kind of talking about <laughs> Dustin Poirier and everything like that. Um, which talking to L like a man. Um, which yeah. I don't know. Somebody, somebody, somebody said. sad, too, because Connor always did that. Yeah, um, yeah Connor, he, he always took a loss well. He used to be one of the greatest shit talkers in the sport. That's yeah. arguably what got him where he's uh, gotten so to, yeah. popular so fast. Mm-hmm. And also he had the skills to back it up. But I don't know, with this last with this fight and arguably the Habib fight build up, it's just kind of sad. Yeah. It's like it's it's like a Jake it's like Jake Paul saying, Hey, pay attention to me. And but times thirty though, to to be honest with you, because because like yeah. Jake Paul, 
that's another story. But um, but like Jake Paul, he doesn't go as far as talking about people's religion and their family. And um, like didn't, um, didn't Jake Paul talk about Ben like, Askren's I, wife or something? Didn't he say something about his wife, Ben Askren's wife, or no? Uh, I'm not 100 um, percent sure. So I don't, uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe I, I didn't pay attention to much to build up that fight. Yeah. So I yeah. I don't know. Yeah, okay. but like um, yeah, man, like Connor, he was one of the, of like the best shit talkers. Um, I feel like that he did find Khabib intimidating, which he should. Um, and um, mm-hmm. um, Joe Rogan said said something interesting too recently about the Connor fight. Um, he compared how Connor was nice in the second Poirier fight compared to this past fight, and it seemed like Connor was trying to route himself up. And yeah, and I um and like Khabib said the same thing, like like he said it came off fake, which it kind of did. To be honest with you, yeah. like, like, be because like that fight just happened six months ago, and and like, and, like you were very respectful, and stuff like that. Um, if you feel like that, that you got to trash talk to like hype yourself up. All right, that's cool, but it's like when you get to talk about people's wife, um, religion, that's like over the you're asking you're asking karma to fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you saying and shit that you're gonna kill him. Like, yes, that shit sounds entertaining. Yes, we all fucking bit that shit up. But at the same time, sure. I'm pretty sure regular people it's was like, "Damn, bro, <laughs> it's entertaining." It would be, it would work better if he wasn't lying in the corner of the cage, with a broken leg. Yeah, yeah. in all that right. context, it's just bad. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, final thoughts on and, UFC um, uh, 264. Final thoughts. So, um, for my final thoughts, I'm gonna try to wrap up the entire card. Um, mm-hmm. So, so with Connor, um, he got defeated by Dustin Poirier. Um, Dustin Poirier um, should be fighting Charles Oliveira um, later this year. That's a toss-up mm-hmm. fight. I have no idea who the hell is going to win that. To be honest with you, um, Poor, it's like the co-main Poirier. event, uh, Gilbert Burns defeated um, Wonder Boy. Um, that was a good win for um, Gilbert Burns to like put him back in the title picture. Um, I think he should probably fight between Leon Edwards or um or at least Jorge Masvidal. Just give him like the star, um, um and um he should go against Usman pretty soon, uh, for the rematch. Um, uh, far as shout out to Bam Bam Tui Vasa knocking out Greg Fuck fucking Greg Hardy. Fuck Greg Hardy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that Fuck was Hardy. that was beautiful to watch. Now, that was my favorite moment of of the entire night. To be honest with you, I, Greg I, Hardy I is class. such a fuckboy. I got up and clapped. Greg Hardy is an it's actual a, piece of shit. I screamed at my TV. I was like, <laughs> "Holy shit!" <laughs> um, and and, uh, and uh, shout out to uh, the um, Sugar Show. Um, Sean O'Malley put on a fucking clinic against Chris. I don't know his last name, but Chris. Shout out to Chris. He's a Chris badass Martino. motherfucker. Yeah. He's a bad yeah. motherfucker. But like, he's, he's horrible at fighting. But but like, he has a tough chin. He's tough, but his striking is. Sh- yeah, 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 yeah. Like um, he definitely has to go back to the gym and um work with some like um work with fucking Trevor Whitman or, or or like something, bro. Like like bro, bro. Like you gotta be around Rose and Kamara and like Justin Cagey and, and just at least learn how to fucking keep the like distance and like throw a nice jab and a, and a check the or something. Time I, the entire time I was just screaming at my team, me head moment, head moment. <laughs> 
But like, um, but like, yeah, man, like, um, what's next up for um, Sean O'Malley? I would like to see him fight a legit ranked opponent. Um, like, it doesn't have to be a big name. I know he, um, I know he called out Cody Carbrand, but I'm um, like, I think that's a little bit too fast for him. I think they should give him like a Tim Elliott, um, or someone who's who's ranked and and, and someone who's very much respected in the division. Isn't Tim, isn't Tim Elliott a twenty fiver? I thought he was I a thirty fiver. I think Did he's he, um, Did he drop and Garbrandt, down away? Yeah, Garbrandt, you say, yeah, Garbrandt's dropping down to 25. He's fighting Kai Kara mm-hmm. France. Um, oh, damn. Sean, damn, I, damn think, I thought Tim Elliott was fighting in down to like, Sorry about that. Yeah, Sean, um, I'd say anybody in the top 15 uh, or the loser of uh, next week's event, Sandhagen Dillashaw. He should have fight another. Yeah. Uh, like, like, um, like, first of all, I think TJ is going to get smoked, but like, um, I don't think he should fight TJ, to be honest. I love TJ, but I kind of agree with you. <laughs> TJ is going to get, um, um, like, <laughs> like those steroids not going to be there for you anymore, my man. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but, um, yeah, man, like, um, um, tomorrow's, um, Misha Tate is supposed to fight, uh, I don't know the girl's name. But like um, this was uh, be her retirement yeah. fight and Misha Tate's return fight. Shout out to Misha Tate, I love you. I hope you win. Um, and uh, shout out to Islam Makachev. We get this double. Yeah, Islam Mahachev. He's one Mahachev. of the. Mahachev. He's like, yeah, he's like the new boogeyman at lightweight. Yeah, he, he's, yeah. His style is very similar to Khabib. Uh, Khabib's actually his uh, coach and his manager. But I think Jack Slack broke this down. He's like Khabib, except when Khabib's going for a grounded pound, Mahachev is always looking for submissions. He's always looking yeah. for the finish there. Yeah. And but, um, he doesn't have a cakewalk either. He's got Tiago Moises, who's very good at uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. jiu-jitsu. Yeah, of course. He's going to smoke him, though. Yeah. All right. Yeah. He's going to smoke him. <laughs> All right. That's a good discussion. But, um, but, um, yeah, like, that's my final wrap-up for that, if yeah. you want to go, Nick. Yep, um, Dustin Poirier definitely. Uh, um, if he chooses to not wait for Connor and end up in a Robert Whitaker situation, he's. I think his next fight, he takes that belt from Charles Oliveira, and I think he's like going to be the next uh, longtime defending champion. Like mm. uh, out of everybody in that top five, I don't think there's anybody that Poirier doesn't beat. Justin Gaethje, like a- I'm sorry, Justin Gaethje got. Better though since that last fight, I think Justin Gaethje is a legit threat to um Dustin Poirier. And, I, and, and, I do and, and like, don't sleep on Charles Oliveira. Yeah, and when yeah when Poirier and Gaethje fought the first time, that was still that was brawler Gaethje. That wasn't yeah. like, the technical striking wizard that we're yeah. now. But wow. Justin, if the Justin Gaethje, if, if like Justin Gaethje fought Dustin Poirier, if Dustin Poirier was to defeat Charles Oliveira. If the same Justin Gaethje from the Tony Ferguson fight came into that fight, Dustin Poirier is getting smoked. Because, like, Dustin Poirier gets hit I, a, a lot. He if gets he get hit, hit a lot, lot by Justin Gaethje. With, yeah, but Poirier, he's great with a shoulder roll, especially in the open stance. He's good at uh, throwing the leg kicks, and he's great at taking shots. Like, he was getting pieced. He was getting... Uh, it was a brawl against Dan Hooker, and Hooker yeah. is one of probably one one of the higher level strikers at that weight yeah. class. And Poirier was taking it and giving it right back. 
That was mm-hmm. one of the best fights I've ever seen. Yeah, easily. Yeah. All right. So. Yeah. However, every single fight in that top five, I think Poirier wins. But those are going to be some fire, fire matchups. Mm-hmm. The lightweight division is looking so sexy, man. Yeah. <laughs> the lightweight division has always looked that sexy. Yeah, yeah but um, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, the co-main, uh, Gilbert Burns versus, uh, Wonderboy. Uh, Burns, he did exactly what he needed to do. He shut down Wonderboy. Um, uh, the guy's, like, almost 37. I don't know why we're still calling him Wonderboy. But, uh, <clears throat> uh, Thompson looked a little gun-shy in this matchup. I don't know if he was, like, that threatened by, uh, uh Burns' jiu-jitsu and takedown game, but, yeah, there's a... <laughs> Yeah, Burns is legitimate uh, Abu Dhabi world champion, multiple-time black belt, one of the best grapplers to ever come into the UFC. And his striking has gotten good. Um, He entertained uh, Thompson on the feet for a little bit, but as soon as he saw kicks, it's like, okay, get get your back on the cage. You're going down. A little bit of suspect uh, refereeing from Herb Dean with uh, like 15 or 12 elbows to the back. Thompson's head, but and you can't catch everything. Right. But I think seventy, it's a little bit of a log jam at the top. Like um Usman and Colvin Covington are waiting to rematch, even though Covington's only sitting on a one win against Tyron Woodley. Colby's gonna get smoked. Uh, again. Yeah. At first uh, he didn't get smoked. That was one of the best welterweight fights I've seen. But in this rematch, he's going to get fucked up. Like, Usman is a... Yeah, we're going to see. But (laughs) Kobe's going to get knocked out. Yeah, again. Uh, Yeah, and Usman's basically beat everybody in the top five decisively. Yeah. TKO, Colby Covington, he beat... uh, uh, He beat... uh, uh, Corey Masvidal knocked him out cold in their rematch. Uh, TKO Gilbert Burns. Um, Wonderboy, I don't think he's beaten anybody in the top three. I'm not and even interested in Leon Edwards either. And yeah, that that fifth round against Nate Diaz fucked him. Yeah, like and, that showed a lot. Like and, um, Kamar Usman would touch him up. That. And and uh, uh, Vicente Luque, I don't. I think it's a fun fight against Michael Chiesa if he can get past him, but I don't know if uh, because uh, him, Burns, and uh, Usman are former teammates, I don't know how that's Okay. All right. Well, it's a good discussion. Great discussion there from both of you. Glad to have you on for that. Uh, that was really great. Um, all right. So, Jeremy, um, you are up, my man, with Boss Baby 2. Uh, if you can... Uh, the, give us a review the, of that. The cinema event of the year. <laughs> the comedy event of the year. <laughs> okay. Um, so where did I get started? So I, the, the first Boss Baby came out uh, four years ago, 2017. It's one of those movies where like it was hate on just because like a trendy to hate on the movie. But I liked the movie for what it was. It's DreamWorks. I really don't consider DreamWorks Pixar or Disney level. So it is what it is. It, it entertained me. It uh, actually kind of uh, remind me of me and my brother, because uh, not that my brother is like a genius baby or anything, but just a little <laughs> the brother. <Is> it? <laughs> no, 
but the little brotherly bond and stuff that kind of remind me of that. So it maybe it touched me in a certain way. But uh, DreamWorks is back at it again with a sequel. Seems like that's the only thing they're doing these days. So um, in the sequel, it takes place forty years later, I believe. Because uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys saw the first Boss Baby, but I think it takes place in the eighties or the late seventies. It doesn't really say, but it kind of references that it, it was uh, around that time period. But this one takes place 40 years later, and then uh, his, it's uh, Tim, the older brother, he's now married and has a family, and he has two daughters, uh, Tina, who is the baby, and he has an older daughter named Tabitha. And when the movie starts out, it's kind of funny and kind of weird that he's basically... Uh, has like a, a huge imagination like he's had in the first movie when he was like seven years old. So he's still imagining like having played time with his family, but even though he's like a grown man. Uh, so it's it's kind of weird. Uh, his wife is played by uh, Eva Langora. She's like uh, she's like a, a CEO, CEO or something. So he's so Tim is basically the uh, stay at home dad. And so it, it kind of picks up where uh, Tim and Ted, who was the boss baby in the first one, voiced by Alec Baldwin, basically had like a falling out. They don't basically say why until later in the movie. I'm not going to say it because it's kind of a spoiler, basically. But they basically have a falling out. And then something happens where uh, Tim... He basically is putting his daughter to bed and his baby daughter to bed. And she basically starts talking and she's basically like the new, she's not like the new boss baby, but she works for Baby Corp, which is like the, <laughs> where all the, like the boss talking babies work at. <laughs> and so she basically has Tim and Ted, I'm going to get all these names mixed up because they all start with T, but mm-hmm. she has basically as Tim and Ted, she recruits them. So they can basically uh, look into the school that is uh, run by uh, Jeff Goldblum's character, Dr. Erwin Armstrong, because uh, there's been something strange going on with this school that's, that's it's something they have to look at. It's basically that's threatening baby kind or something they, they say. And so it's, and so basically she gets again, <laughs> okay. So this movie's going to get kind of crazy, so I'm just going to warn you guys. So she basically gives them this formula to turn them back into their younger selves that they're in, that they're the same age in the first movie, so they can basically oh, sneak, into the, <laughs> sneak into the school and see what's going on. And mm-hmm. once this starts happening, this is where the movie just starts getting crazy. It, it, it basically becomes a oh, whole... Oh, now it starts getting yes, crazy. Yes, now it starts getting crazy. Because it basically becomes a whole new... A, like a Looney Tunes type movie. Because it just gets insane with the action. It's insane with everything. And like, it basically they... So they, for them to get to the school, they have like a, a pony. Which basically just is like on steroids or something. Because every time they call a pony, he just bursts through the, bursts through the, through the room. <laughs> and he basically drives them all the way up to... Uh, all the way up to the school... And so uh, they get there and stuff happens. And then Tim, he actually ends up in the same class as his daughter, Tabitha. And um, basically, Tim, his daughter, Tabitha, which is really weird the way they do her character. 
So she's seven years old, but they write her like she's like 17, like she's graduating from high school. He's where about, oh, my daughter is getting so older and smart. I feel like she's outgrown me. But I'm like, dude, she's only seven years old. You got plenty of time left with your daughter, at least 10 more years. I, I mean... I mean, she's a precocious Hollywood kid, so she's obviously talks like she's 10 years older than she actually is. Right, right. But it's still, it's kind of like, okay, you still got time, dude. And then, but then it, it's, okay, so here it, it even gets weirder. So, like, they become friends at the school and stuff because she's bullied and he, and he basically, like, chase off her bullies. And then, like, she takes, he gets a ride home with her. Uh, with her mom, which is uh, oh god, no, we're not getting wife. into Back to the Future territory. Are we, we are getting into Back to the Future territory. I'm sorry. Oh fuck. <laughs> oh no. And so it, they ah. basically they she he basically tends dinner with them as his younger self, and his wife doesn't realize that's him. And he base and uh, just so they they don't wife doesn't worry about Tim and Ted being gone. They basically let them like lie to her, saying like, "Hey, we're on a brother bonding trip. We'll be gone." So she thinks it's just an- another kid from school. And so he's helping her, his daughter, Tabitha, off a pageant. And they have this whole scene, like, they go to her room. <laughs> and it kind of creeped me out because, like, the mom was, like, creeping in. She's like, oh, it's so cute. They- they're talking to each other like they're-, like they're in love. I'm just like, this is getting weird. But <laughs> let me get back to the main point is, is um... Then uh, Ted, he investigates with the Dr. Armstrong, with Jeff Goldblum's character. Now, I'm going to say Jeff Goldblum, he's not the best voice actor because the way he animated his character is very over the top and it's just not matching his voice. But I really like his character because it's Jeff Goldblum. And so something happens with his character. I'm not going to go to that either because it's a spoiler, but it gets even crazier when they re- reveal what's actually up with Dr. Armstrong. But, um... Mm. Get to the point. It's a sequel where it's like, you're either going to love it or hate it. It's going to might get on your nerves cause if you're like older than maybe eight years old. Because it's just nonstop craziness. It's just, it's mm. like candy the movie. You put your kids in a bunch of candy and soda. This, this is what the movie is like. But um, I do admit I like the set design. Because the set design in the first one... Uh, it's the same set design. It's like 1960s-ish a little bit, just the way it's set drawn. Like, um, but I do like the set design and even some of the character designs I like because they, um, excuse me, they aged up the characters to make them 40 years later. So I do like seeing all the characters like come back, like Tim and Ted, they're a lot older. And then uh, they even bring back their parents, which look they look really old because they're like 70 now or 80. Um, so I do like seeing the characters. I was, I was looking at the trailer a little bit. So, I mean, they look as so it's supposed to be 40 years in the future, yet a mm-hmm. lot of them still kind of have the baby faces. Like Alec Baldwin shows up and he still kind of just looks like, he looks like Kim Jong-un, where it's like Kim Jong-un just looks like a giant <laughs> baby. And like, it's like he just looks like a grown man that just took a pill to become, you know, like a baby that took a pill to become a grown man. Like, That's kind of how Kim Jong-un looks. Yeah, he just looks like a giant not, baby. Not gonna lie, he kind of looks like... He yeah. kind of looks like Randall Park in the interview. Yeah, he does. He, wait, you talking about when they get older or when they get young? When, well, like, older when... when they're older, because I said the trailer at the beginning, and like when they show up and you see them older, it's like they still kind of look pretty young. They still they look like they it's just the the baby versions of them, but just stretched out. Like they look, you know what I mean? Just like they just yeah. got a little bit taller. They still have the same faces. Yeah, and I. Right, right. I do admit that. Like, even with Ted, 
not no, Tim. I'm sorry. I'm getting. I told you to get those their names confused. So if, <laughs> if Tim, it's I do. They they make him look like his father from the first movie. So if you look at hmm. see both their character designs from the, from the, both those films, they look basically almost exactly the same. So I feel like I feel like they cut some corners because the budget on this is like almost half the budget of the first one. Oh okay. Hmm. So it's like I think the first one's like 150 million, but this one's like maybe 80 million. I think. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. So I maybe that's the reason why some of the character designs look a little weird. Because I did cut some corners on uh, on the budget and um, and stuff, so. Okay. Um, how long has this movie been out? It's been out for how long? About, it actually came out 4th of July weekend. That's what it came out. Okay, 4th mm. of July okay. weekend. I'm trying to see what the yeah. box office of this has been so far. I didn't even know there was a sequel. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I see a lot of, uh, a lot of people. I didn't know this was a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. I yeah. mean, so the movie was originally supposed to come out in March. But because of COVID, they pushed it to July. And yeah. then they had it where you can get it on Peacock. If you get, have a subscription with Peacock, you can watch it. And it's also in theaters, similar to what HBO Max is doing. Okay. Mm. So gotcha. I'm looking at the box office. So domestic, so it's 39921675 Then international is 2971000 for a grand total worldwide of 42892675 um, um so it that's did, rough it did not make its budget back. i mean what did they expect with i mean what did they expect with a movie that nobody was talking about, that they barely marketed yeah so, so I, mean, I have no idea what happened so it's so i think so the first one the first one made about 500 million dollars and so i guess they consider mm-hmm. a, a successful film and well, dreamers dreamers always make sequels like Look at the Shrek movies. <laughs> yeah. You know, like five Shrek movies. So, like, they, I think they considered since it made over half a billion dollars, they wanted to make a sequel. And they also have a TV show on Netflix. So, I think they try to want to, like, turn this into a franchise. So, I think that's the reason why they, they went ahead with the sequel. But I think maybe they made the sequel a little bit earlier, maybe like two years later. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it went better. But to me, I think, to me, I really wish. They made it to where like Tim, uh, Tim's daughters were like the main characters because this is basically a big rehash of the first movie, even mm-hmm. down to like the villain. It's they're just basically so Tim and Terry basically just rekindling their relationship that they started in the at the end of the first movie. So I just felt like maybe they went and had had the daughters as the main characters. I think it would have been a better film because even the the baby, I think her name is Tina. I like her character, but she's barely in the movie that she's basically just having Tim and Ted take over. It's just like, I wish they just had it with her and her sister, which they do bring them in later in the movie and they had them their own little storyline. But I felt like if they made it with the two daughters and then maybe not make it so similar to the first one and then not make it so goofy. Because the first one was goofy, but this one takes up a whole lot more just craziness. I think it would have been a better film. Do I, I? But do I think it would have been better at the box office? I do not know, but I think if they released a little bit earlier, probably in a better performance. Hmm. Okay. So rating? Final rating. I'm going to give this a C, a C plus. You know, it's it's something hmm. where the parents have put, put, put on for like 90 minutes and distract their kids, but I do not recommend parents to watch this because it's just... It's just... 
insane. That it'll 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 basically <laughs> it'll make the parents mad. They're sitting wasting their time watching the movie. There's and there's nothing really. There's nothing really offensive, I would say, in the movie that like parents get offended their kids are watching. Like the only thing I would say <laughs> is like the first kids would ever heard that they actually said the word agnostic when it comes to like religion. Mm, okay. So I thought that was kind of funny because they have like a whole pageant because it takes mm. place during Christmas, and so they have a whole Christmas pageant. They just talk about the different religions that celebrate Christmas, and as one little kid is like, "Yeah, I'm agnostic." <laughs> I was like, "What?" So I think. Other than that, it's a pretty good kids film that parents can put on just keep the kids busy for ninety minutes. Like they have the parents gotta do some chore or something. That'd be perfect for that. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh thank you, Jeremy. Thank you for coming in, man. Thank hey, you. Thank you. Um, thank you. Um, all right, so moving on from discussing Boss Baby, we're gonna discuss uh Fear Street. Uh, so I saw the first part, um nineteen ninety six was it or 98 98 or 96 uh 94 94 birth year yeah 94 okay so it's 1994 um nick he saw the rest of the two parts uh 90 uh 1978 Mm -hmm. and 1666 um so uh we're gonna get into just a discussion uh just a discussion of uh 94 uh so uh basic kind of horror movie setup slasher kind of plot that's set up here group of teenagers um you know they're very horny uh like any good horror movie that has that um you know in the situation like that um you know any good slasher movie yeah a bunch of horny ass teenagers ready to get oh yeah you know you always got to have that they even have a very uh, you know very nods to other horror movies you know like this opening of it very much scream very reminiscent because it's all starts off with like Mm. a first kill of a notable face that we see just like how scream started off with drew barrymore getting killed um this one is Mm -hmm. maya hawk uh who's getting killed in this one at the beginning of this who maya hawk people know she was uh, the ice cream girl and uh stranger things season three she was uh she starred in that um, very good performance from her. So she's here. She's the first victim yep. that, that we see of the killer. Yeah, she was kind of the. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, sorry, not sorry for the raid. Oh, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, there, Sarah. Uh, thank you for that raid very much. Right, so, uh, uh, thank you very much. How are you doing? Um, and I yep. hope you had a great stream. Yeah, thank you for that raid. Um, so yeah, uh, so yeah, you see her. Thank there. you. Uh, Yep, just talked about uh, UFC and Boss Baby 2. Now we're getting into this Fear Street trilogy. Um, I watched all three parts. Josh, he only uh, saw 1994. So, um, Mr. Mr. Josh, please continue. Uh, yes, uh, so, uh, like we said, Maya Hawk is the first victim. Um, and we uh, live uh, realize that these people live in a place called Shady Town, uh, which is the most worst name you could ever name a town ever. I don't know who the fuck came up with that name. Um, don't know who to... it, it, it's like so on the nose it it's so on the nose I'm shocked at no point they went down quickly. Yeah. Um yeah, so I was like I I don't know, I guess the fountain well, I like be fair, this, this fair, is sound or something. Yeah. To be fair, it is Ohio. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I mean if it was Ohio, I mean I think you know, it should be called like no critical race theory, you know, you know, town or you know, no abortion <laughs> town or something like that, you know. I mean, it's, it's it's Ohio. I thought they would go for more something like that, but um, so you have a place, you know, Shady Town, um, and so basically, it's you know very reminiscent. When we say that a lot of it is a throwback to a lot of horror stuff, 
um, particularly like 80s, 90s, mm. like what it's set in because it has very much of like the good town and versus the bad, you know, evil rich kids versus the, you know, poor, uh, weird kids and everything like that. So it's very reminiscent of kind of like those throwback kind of 80s, 90s movies of those mm-hmm. kind of things. Um, you know, here you follow uh, really a main character, uh, Dina. Uh, you also have her little brother Josh, who's in this, um, and he's all you know. Josh is a you You're know, in the movie. Uh, oh yeah, I'm in the movie. Yeah, this is the main character called. <laughs> Yo, yeah. Wow, Congratulations, yeah. bro. Yeah. yeah. yeah good, good on you. you got, yeah. yeah. Josh got a got a Netflix deal. Yeah. Was, uh, uh, yeah. He got he got to yeah. He's like two degrees of separation away from the Duffer Brothers. Yeah. Holy shit. Pretty much, yeah, he, you know, and he's, you know, uh, uh, you know, little, little of a chubby kid, you know, uh, you know, I was a chubby kid, yeah, you know, you know, loves yeah, chubby, chubby kid, hang, <laughs> hanging out in the basement, listening to like white zombies. Yeah, you know, I was listening to like more of the Ramones, and I was listening to Nirvana, and that's that's what I was kind of listening to. Yeah, (laughs) growing up Um, here, you know, he likes to listen to heavy metal. Like you see him wearing Iron Maiden T-shirts, you know, stuff like that. So um, it's a different (laughs) perspective you see sometimes of of black, you know, youth and stuff like that. You don't really see too much of black, you know, youth like doing stuff like that, like you know, uh, listening to kind of that type of stuff, or you know, wearing T-shirts like that. So I thought that was kind of you know cool, you know, nice little thing they threw in there. Um, He's the horror aficionado of the group so he knows all the town lore of the group you always have to have one of those characters mm-hmm. in, a, in a horror movie setting like the horror aficionado the person who knows all the history and things so that's what he does he you know researches all about serial killers and knows all about ted bundy and all these yep. other different killers yep. yeah yeah the biggest thing about this town of shady side is they have this urban legend about a witch who was murdered in the 1600s and cursed the town and that's why they have like the biggest uh the highest murder rate in the in the state there's like a whole bunch of other like historical serial killers that have popped up in that town Mm. and it's like a little it's like the town's cursed yeah, I mean, you know, they say, like, nobody ever makes it out of this town. If you were born in this town, you're a loser. You're always going to be a loser. You know, nothing ever good is ever going to happen to you if you were born in this town. Um, so, you know, to that's, so that's kind of the, really the basis of it. And then all these killings start happening. And it's, you know, you have a group of teenagers working together to solve, you know, basically why these killings are happening because this killer is coming after them. Um, I will say, you know, watching it, um, it I think... A lot of the production of it felt very much like a TV show almost. Like it should have been kind of maybe like a TV series with mm. episodes instead of like a collection of movies. Um, you know, where you did like maybe like a mini series, like you did the first movie could have been six episodes or five episodes, and then they could have break and then they could have came back uh, maybe a couple of like a year later and did a whole part two. And then, you know, but I guess if you did that, I mean, the actors would have gotten way older and everything in between time before you did the production of the next ones. Like you see the, what happens with Stranger Things. Like you see how like the kids, how they first looked in season one. Now you look at them now. They, I mean, you got the uh, the one kid, uh, the black kid. He looked looked like he's looked like he ready to join the NBA. I mean, he's you know what I mean. He looked like he ready to join the Lakers. I mean, and it's like yeah. I mean, they just you know they, they just, yeah yeah. Kid, yeah. Caleb McLaughlin looks like he's about to play. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, he's, I mean, he, I mean, he's too busy hunting them demons. His ass should be hunting them boards for the Lakers. I mean, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah, he's too busy. <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, so you know, I, I understand. I guess that's one of the main reasons why. But you know, so it was an interesting decision why they made like a kind of a three part trilogy horror event, which was nice. Mm. Um, and I thought, you know, the setup is basic. 
Um, the characters, a lot of them are you know very much famous archetypes from horror movie things that you see, um, you know, and stuff. Like I said, the horror aficionado guy. Like that's what you have in the Josh character. You have kind of the um, you know the 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 righteous you know teenager um, who I don't know if is a virgin in this. I don't know if Dina if they say she is a virgin or not. I don't I don't think they they say or not. Um, they don't say. Yeah, so uh, uh but she's you know the, the the clear you know kind of protagonist character that you see here. Um and so in, in a situation like that with you know a lot of these kind of different archetypes, they do feel very familiar. Um and a lot of that can can lead to some kind of basic territory. You go like, "Okay, I've seen this before. I've seen that before," which you know cannot be a t- too much of a bad thing. Um, if they execute it properly. Um, I will say one of the great things about this is they're not afraid to kill people. Um, they kill people a lot. I mean, they kill a lot of teenagers, a lot of people. You'll see a lot of blood going everywhere. Um, there's one scene where somebody gets put through kind of like a shredder type thing and you see it. It's, it's like no, no, <laughs> no cutaway, nothing like that. It's like, damn, I mean, they, they really did it. There's no like last minute save or anything like that. So I, I was very impressed by that. Um, so, you know, if you are kind of a fan of like those kind of older uh kind of horror movies kind of like you know sleepaway camp or you know the friday 13th movies like when they've kind of first started you know kind of that 80s 90s horror i think you would be kind of a fan of this um a lot of the stuff they do um in terms of you know you know with you know discovering the whole kind of lore and and why the killings are happening um i think is yeah, I, mean, I think that's interesting i think the group of teenagers that you follow they're decent enough uh, to, to follow. I think they're not really all that annoying at all. Um, I think, you know, they're, they're fine, you know, characters to kind of follow. Uh, Nick, what, what did you think about uh, 94? Uh, 94, I thought it would, it had a, I liked all the characters in this. I thought that <clears throat> it was a, it was a very fun throwback to slasher movies like Scream. Uh, it, paying a lot of tribute to them and the biggest thing that was shocking to me is how gnarly some of the kills get because this is a book series that was written by rl stein back in the day this was kind of like his uh his like more mature take on goosebumps and i and i'd never read any of the fear street books but god damn they they get gnarly with some of the kills and um, I thought the movie, it did get a little bit annoying with some of the needle drops early because there's, like, a whole, like, the entire, like, first 15 minutes of it, it's, like, this song from the 90s and this song from the 90s. Granted, a lot of that, a lot of them were on my playlist when I was growing up, but at some, at some point they dropped that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially because I was watching um, um, the t- 78 and they do that like it was like a jukebox was playing because it seemed like with the beginning of that, <laughs> it was like back to back to back to back songs. It was like they were playing like uh, Neil Diamond and they were playing uh, the Runaways. And I'm like, damn, I mean, somebody somebody put the uh, uh, speaker on shuffle. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, it was like back to back. Yeah. And it did get a little bit annoying, but it it drops early enough. Um some of the early parts of it where it's more the more in the teen comedy of phase of it i liked it i thought the tone and some of the editing it was uh, kind of similar to something like Shaun of the dead like uh they have like the big fight at the football game that you get in all these high school movies and then it cuts right away as someone like gets punched in the face <laughs> based hmm. to everyone getting riled up on the bus and that was kind of fun 
I really like the uh, the performances from some of the side characters, like uh, Kate, who's played by uh, uh, Julia Raywald, and uh, her friend, uh, <clears throat> uh, Fred Hedchinger, I think is how you pronounce his name, who uh, plays a character called Simon, who's like kind of the two friends of Dina. I like their chemistry. I like the bo- the the group dynamic that they had in the first movie. And I really like the kills in this. Uh, the relationship between uh, uh, Dina and uh, Sam, Samantha, who's played by Olivia Scott Welch, it felt a little forced, but uh, as the movie goes on, I think it uh, their dyna- their uh, chemistry gets better. And there's just something tense about, uh, for the most part, these are just kids on the run from all these uh, killers that are after them. And there is some really interesting supernatural parts in the first in this uh, first one that, while they are setting up a sequel, it kind of feels more like a miniseries, which didn't really bother me. It's been kind of a long time since uh, horror movies were kind of treated like this big event. Like, because you have, like, uh, yeah, you have, like, three separate parts all released, like, within a week of each other. So it was, like, this month-long horror event, which... I, I don't know. I kind of missed it. It reminded me a lot of when I was a kid watching, like, uh, uh, 31 Days of Horror every Halloween on AMC. It reminded me a lot of that. Mm. Okay. What's the name of this movie again? I'm kind of interested. Oh, uh, it's uh, Fear Street. It's the Fear, Fear Street. Street trilogy. The... Mm-hmm. Do you, like, stream it? Or, like, is it in theaters? It is on, it is, uh, on Netflix. Netflix. It's on on Netflix, uh, all three parts are directed directed by uh, Lee Janiak, who married to uh, Ross Duffer of the Duffer Brothers of Stranger Things, which okay. is uh, oh, why okay. a lot of the, which is why this feels like a more rated R Stranger Things. Very much so. That's cool. Yeah, that's yeah, sweet. Very much so. So, what would you rate uh, uh, the first part, ninety four? Mm, the first part, ninety four. Um, I think it's the weakest of the three of the three parts, but okay. I'd still say it's like a solid seven out of ten movie. Okay. I really like the the chemistry. I really like some of the kills in it. I like the supernatural elements of it uh, even more, and I ended up really liking the characters. Like when a character dies in a horror, and I feel like, oh man, that's the mark of a good slasher movie. Hmm. I don't know. I didn't. Cool. I didn't really feel much for when the kid. I don't know. Maybe I'm cold inside. I don't know. Maybe I'm dead. I don't know. I didn't really feel much for when the, when some of them died. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, you're kind of a prick anyway. So I, like, I mean, there yeah. are some kills. There are some kills in the third part in the third act of this that get gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So That's cool. Um, I like gnarly. So the first part, ninety four. I think I'm about with you. I'd say like a six. I give it like a uh, like a strong six, maybe uh, out of ten for me. Mm. Um, I only saw probably the halfway to seventy eight, so I'm gonna let you continue with part two and mm. three. Uh, what did you think about those parts? Okay, so next up is a uh, part two. We're going back to the seventies, and and this is the movie that literally says, "Yeah, sorry, you're joking that." Uh, Mercedes, you're in the chat's joking, saying "fuck them kids." This movie, it, this movie might as well be called "fuck them kids" the movie, because this is going back to '78. This is taking, um, if the first part of this was doing Scream, 
this is 100% doing like Friday the 13th. Uh, this is like, I'd say a meaner movie, but <clears throat> excuse me. Yep, we're at Camp Nightwood. We're seeing the events of a killing that's historically happened that we only heard about in the first movie of uh, Camp Nightwing, where uh, where one character who's uh, played by uh, McCabe Sly goes on a murderous rampage. Here we see more of the supernatural elements of the the urban legend of Sarah Fear, who is the said witch that was killed in the 1600s. Uh, we see more of like how that curse actually works in this, and it's some interesting lore and world building. And it makes this uh, this setting that uh, that we're getting it makes it feel very lived in. <laughs> oh, wait, there is literally a Stranger Thing. Yes, yes. The biggest claim of this is that Sadie Sink, who was uh, one of the newer cats additions to the cast of Stranger Things in uh, in season two of that show. She's uh, the lead as um, Ziggy, who is a character that we meet at the very end of the first film. <clears throat> uh, her performance, she's very much playing the, uh, the, the normal weird girl uh, archetype that you see in these camp movies, the one that doesn't have friends. And this one goes a little bit overboard with like the Stephen King-type bullies. Like, they, they almost, the very beginning of this, it's it's cruel. It's like they string her up and they, like, will put a lighter to her skin. It's fucking mean. Mm, some Stephen King shit, yeah. Uh, man. Yeah, the, I'm pretty sure the, the bullies from Shazam were a little bit more chill than they were. Because mm. those guys were, like, running over a crippled kid. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Uh, but... Yeah, but this movie, I'd say it's a lot... N- it's a lot meaner than uh, 1994 is, and this movie, they are not afraid to murder the shit out of children. Mm. They, granted, they do it tastefully. They cut away, and you only hear, like, squelching of an axe. But, goddamn. So uh, it's three just like to this movie. movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's, Did uh, it all drop at the separate. same time or something? <laughs> They dropped the uh, they dropped it like a weeks uh, one week apart from each other. So oh okay, um, yeah. So it's like week one they did ninety four. Next I'm gonna week, watch that shit tonight. And, yeah, and sixteen sixty six they just dropped it yes today actually. Um, oh, <clears throat> uh, the cool. kills in this I'd say they're like a lot goyer than they are in the in the in ninety four, but. Um, I guess with this one, I'd like the character dynamics more because you have Sadie Sink um, acting alongside uh, t- a guy named uh, Ted Sutherland. Sutherland? Yeah, who plays a, uh, a younger version of uh, the sheriff character that we see in 94. And their chemistry is really good. And the second part, it's mostly a, a sisters falling out and reconciling story that I thought really worked with the, with the acting from Sadie Sink. Uh, that one, I'd say it's probably uh, the best made one of the three parts. I'd say this is like an 8 out of 10. Mm, okay. And then we get to the real departure from uh, from this whole trilogy, which is 1666. This is a, more of a period film. It's the origin of the whole Sarah Fears curse, curse of the town. And that one, it 
it's it's I'd say it's closer in tone to something like the Vavitch than it is any slasher movie, at least for like the first two parts of it. Okay. Because we're getting the origin of this whole town curse, and of course it's set in Puritan uh in the Puritan times of the times of like Scarlet Letter and shit like that. So of course, you know, someone's gay, then they were probably a witch. Hmm. That's about as simple as I can say it. And the first two acts of it, they are kind of they're kind of heartbreaking. The the relationship that she has that ends up getting her condemned as a witch, it's painful to watch. And it's it's very I'd say this is probably my favorite of the three, especially like because for two thirds of it, it's a period piece. And then we go back to 94 to get the final resolution of this whole curse. Hmm. And, and it's, I kind of don't want to say any more without giving away. Hmm. And the, so I see the trailer for the 1666. So you have the same actors who in 94 plan parts here in the 66 mm-hmm. version as well. Uh. Yes, it's kind of a neat trick that they do because um, something happens at the end of '78 where uh, they give they like supposedly put the body to rest, but the last shot is of uh, uh, our uh, Kiana Madeira, who plays Adina, going like back in time almost to 1666. Hmm. Okay. So the first part, Scream, second part, Friday the 13th, and the third part is kind of like The Witch, huh? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and cool. we talked about this with uh, Fast and Furious about how um, those movies are, like, switching genre every time. Here, they're kind of, like, switching horror movies that they're... It doesn't... Uh, ripping off feels like the wrong word to use, but I'd say more paying tribute to. Mm, okay, so... Throughout the whole thing, so you think, so this is more uh, how it kind of felt with Stranger Things, where it's really paying homage to the things from the 80s and the 90s of that kind of cinema from them, and how mm-hmm. more Stranger Things was doing kind of stuff from more sci-fi, more horror, more kind of action stuff like that. This is doing it more from just a strict mm-hmm. horror perspective. So so do you think, you know, is it is as intelligent as kind of something like the first season of Stranger Things as far as execution um, or... What would you say your thoughts on that is, as far as paying homage to these horrors? Oh, hell no. Okay. Oh, hell no. No, this is nowhere near deep or intelligent or well done as any of the seasons of Stranger Things. However, with slasher movies, I just have fun with it. I'm a big horror guy, and it's been a while since I've had, like, fun, fun horror movies. Okay. Uh, a lot of them There's are one very random thing. serious or really scary. Sure. Yeah, what's up? This is going to sound crazy as shit. Are you guys ready? Okay. What is actually not that fucking crazy? But I've never, ever watched Strangers. I've never seen that. <laughs> okay. Like, ever. Well, you can yeah. watch Stranger mm-hmm. Things and you can watch this all on Netflix. Uh, just binge it all in one night. For all sure. of it's on Netflix. Yes, yeah, Netflix. Sure. Hey, like I tried to watch Stranger Things. Like, I tried to watch, like, the first thing, but... I don't know, my mind just drifted away from it. Mm. So I never really mm. got a chance to actually sit down and try to check it out. But I hear a lot of cool things about it, though. Sorry to get off topic. Like, no, 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 not at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. So what would you, what, so what would be the rating for like the final two and then the all the series as a collective? What would be your rating? Okay. Um. Uh. So for uh 1978 for part two i would say that's uh uh eight and a half out of ten for me mm-hmm. uh part three i would say it's uh just a solid like eight but eight is probably the most fun one especially once you get to the third app mm. okay all right um all right so um do you know what the collective like uh, average score would that would be of the trilogy if you if you added up all those scores uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. I gave that a seven plus five. Do some quick math. Uh, so all together, it's about an average of seven point eight three. So okay. Now an average of I'll round up and say eight. Okay. Damn, dude, you did calculations. Yeah. Yes, I did math. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> did, did, I, I'm I'm half Asian. I had to play into one stereo. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think I, that's. I already just thought about. Like, I would have just thought of a rating right off the top of my head. Like, I would just <laughs> throw a number out there. <laughs> That's cool, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I'll finish up the series uh, probably tonight or something like that. Finish up the last two parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just didn't get a chance to finish them. Everything yeah, like if that. you're a horror... Yeah, if you, if you like horror and slasher movies, they're very... It, it's been a while since we had a fun, fun straight-up slasher movie. Mm, yeah. Um, all right, so moving on from discussing uh, Fear Street, going to discuss Space Jam uh, 1 and 2. I was going to give a kind of a brief, brief discussion of uh, 96, Michael Jordan Space Jam, yeah. and we're going to be talking about uh, squad. <laughs> uh, Space Jam. New we got Legends. Jeremy Lin over there. <laughs> we got Jeremy Lin over there in the Toon Squad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, uh, wow, Jesus. I believe I'm a fly. <laughs> oh, 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 we don't do that. We don't. We uh, don't do that here. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah. Um, Come on and slam, and welcome to the jam. Come on and slam, and welcome to the jam. So it's going to be given a brief discussion. So before we get into a new legacy, we're going to be talking about '96 uh, Michael Jordan Space Jam. So when's the last time you all have seen '96 Space Jam? Uh, probably a year ago. Um, to be honest, um, I just saw it like a month ago. Okay, so a month ago. Like I watched it a month ago, yeah. So yeah, okay. relatively. Yeah, I rewatched. Yeah, I rewatched it earlier this week, but prior to that, I don't. I think I hadn't watched it in like ten years. Right. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> same here. Yeah. Um. And I I I saw back to back with uh the new legacy. I hadn't seen it in years. Probably mm. like ten years. Same thing. I hadn't probably seen it since I was a kid. Um, so it was kind of going back and watching it. So the whole premise of uh, the first one, because I had really forgot like all that happened in the first one. So the thing was, so you have these group of aliens <laughs> um, who have a theme park on their planet, and their theme park sucks. Yep, who so, come from Moron Mountain. <laughs> yeah, so they want to, so in order to drive up business for their theme park, they go to Earth and try to kidnap the Looney Tunes. So I guess on this planet, the Looney Tunes are actual things like they're actual people i guess um so they go to like underground i guess that's where the looney tunes are and to try to get them to kidnap them yeah, to come, if, come back yeah if you if you dig like if you dig far enough beneath the the earth you'll eventually hit the warner Bros. yeah um which and then even when like the like you see a scene where michael jordan's kids are watching on tv the looney tunes and there's a scene where Porky Pig comes in to like stop road running. So I guess 
it's like a Jim Carrey um, situation where it's like the camera's always rolling in, in Looney Tune land, I guess, where they just <laughs> keep the camera rolling and then the cartoons and that's why people can watch them, I guess. I, I guess that's how it works. It, it kind of felt it kind of felt like it um, uh, like who framed Roger Rabbit thing because I think that came out like a couple years before this did. Uh, yeah. yeah, about eight years eight years earlier. Okay, yeah. Um, so, so they, you know, and they challenged so the Looney Tunes in order not to be kidnapped. They challenged the aliens to a basketball game because they're like, well, these these little tiny aliens. Of course, we can beat them in a basketball game. Of course, um, and then they, you know, they that's when they steal the talent of all the you know big big basketball stars at the time. So at that time, you had Charles Barkley. Um, you had Patrick Ewing, uh, Muggsy Malone, so they still all kind of the talent of the world's greatest basketball players, and then that's when they become, and they put all their talent in a basketball, and then they touch the basketball, and their, their talent transfers to the aliens, and that's when they become the monsters, um, and situations like that, so, and they become these big creations, these big creatures, and then that's when the Looney Tunes go, oh fuck, uh, we need uh, we need some help. Uh, let's go get uh, let's go get Michael Jordan, who's then uh, this is his uh, first retirement. Um, this is when he at the point of his career when he quit, and then he tried baseball um, for a bit after the passing of his father. Um, he and I heard he was kind of an okay baseball player. He was kind of semi good ish, you know, mm. baseball player somewhat. Um, and that's when they get him. And, you know, of course, Michael Jordan, you know, the one of the great biggest athletes, you know, ever, you know, probably still one of the probably the hugest, most famous athletes ever. Um, And you and nobody can prepare. Yeah. Um, And you hear stories about when people talk about Michael Jordan at that time when he was at his apex. Um, Like, I remember there was a time when it was an interview with Chris Rock. I think this was on um, Sneaker Shop and when he was on there and he when he was talking about he was on SNL. Mm -hmm. And when Michael Jordan came on hosting, he was like, it was just like a different feeling when Michael Jordan was there. And he's like, well, I've been there with like when Prince and Michael Jackson, I mean, some of the world's biggest star stars. But when Michael Jordan was there, it was like a whole new kind of level of like, you know, just excitement for this guy. Because this guy, I mean, he was, you know, I mean, you know, he was Jesus. He was God. I mean, that's how Larry Bird described him. You know what I mean? That's how, uh, you know, Charles Barkley described him. I mean, it was just like this guy was you know, huge, you know what I mean? The greatest threat. So they get him. Um, they, they just snatch him up, put him in Looney Tune land and basically try to help them to beat the monsters. Um, a lot of people have been, you know, talking about, you know, new legacy in comparison to the first one. And in terms of, you know, like, you know, cause this new movie with LeBron James is getting bad reviews. Uh, but then they like, but, it, but yeah. I'm like, Mm-hmm. The first one got bad reviews. Yeah, like the first it, one did. Get, yeah. It's getting yeah, those yeah, new legacy, it's getting review bombed, it's getting like shit talked about. Oh, this is just a commercial for HBO Max. When you really think about the first Space Jam, it is just a commercial for Air Jordan. Yeah, they all started with a commercial anyway. That, that they had commercials with them, Bugs Money and Michael Jordan, and they were like, Oh, let's make a movie. <laughs> mm. Okay, I didn't know that and actually. In so my headcanon, that's why. In my headcanon, that's why Michael is so nonplussed about being in Toon World because it's like, hey man, it's like they've worked together before. Yeah, and Bugs Bunny, he got second billing. It's Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. You know, he's on the poster mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, he's he's on the poster <laughs> and everything. So, what do you all really remember from the '96? Uh, 
you know, Space Jam. Want to go ahead? The soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that soundtrack fucking slaps. To me, yeah, it's, yeah, it it's, has. It's the like best. Some of the greatest. It's got uh, uh, Fly Like an Eagle, Quad City DJs. Um, pump it up. <clears throat> <laughs> yep, pump up the jam. Pump up the jam. Mm, R. Kelly, um, <laughs> who we don't uh, speak of anymore. Don't speak of. But to me, though, it's like the best movie soundtrack of the 90s besides Batman Forever with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Val oh, Kilmer. Seal. Seal, yeah. Oh, yeah, Val yeah. Kilmer, Seal. Yeah. Uh, Yosin, what, what do you remember about it? Yeah. Um, to me personally, I remember watching it as a kid. Um, such a classic in my eyes. Um, even when I watched it like a month ago, like it just brought back so many childhood memories mm. and stuff. So um, yeah, man. Like um, I remember being young and like I only knew Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. I, like I didn't give a rat's ass who was fucking Charles Barkley <laughs> at that time. Like it, it, it was just a, like like to be honest, like it was like just an imagination. Like damn, man. Like that's fucking Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny in like one movie. Like this is crazy. Mm-hmm. And um and I remember being like a little shorty and shit and like always having like the latest Jordans and stuff and so like so like that movie is like very close to my heart. Um hmm. so so like yeah man, like it's nostalgic as fuck. Um yeah man, like like the soundtrack was amazing. Uh un- unfortunately, uh <laughs> one like probably like the most popular song for the movie is I believe I can fly by uh the pedal. <laughs> um yeah. yeah um but but um yeah man like other than that though phenomenal still to me like i know that it had bad 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 reviews and shit um and i know that this new one has like bad reviews but man it's just for the kids bro like it's just um like the last space jam was was for that generation and this new space jam is for this new generation because i believe that like the next generation um they're gonna be inspired by LeBron James, just like how everyone in this generation was inspired by Michael Jordan and Kobe. Mm-hmm. The next generation is going to be inspired by LeBron James at right. the end of the day. So, just like how Michael Jordan's generation was inspired by fucking Dr. J. So, so like, man, it's just for the kids, bro. So, so like, um, I so so I don't like appreciate it for, for like what it was to me. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. For me, I think the original Space Jam was like the earliest memory of going to the movies besides i think toy story but i remember my the father greatest and I, movie of all time yeah greatest movie of all time but i remember toy my story. father and i we went to go see space jam i think that was the first time i actually went to oh first time i remember going to movies with him because of course he's a big basketball fan so of course we're gonna go see michael jordan but uh it's just it blew my mind just seeing bugs bunny and michael jordan on the, on the big screen together it was kind of like how kids would see the Avengers yeah. all together. <laughs> so it's it, <laughs> so it it, it, uh. it's, it blew my mind as a kid. I'm like, I still watch it now. I still like it. I do realize yeah. that it's not a, a perfect movie. And in my opinion, as far as the live action with animated characters, I do prefer Framed by Roger Rabbit. Who framed Roger mm. Rabbit? But I do really like this movie. And then um, just looking at it now, the technical aspects, even with how they play combine the, the basketball and the animated characters it's pretty pretty amazing because they uh hate to go off talk but 
how they use how the character anime characters shoot the basketball. They usually they actually shot using green screen characters uh, throwing around the basketball, and then they animated over that with uh, whether it was Looney Tunes or the 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 Monster Squad. So, hmm. yeah. Um, you know, for for me, you know, I haven't seen it in a long time. I mean, obviously, the soundtrack is obviously what people probably remember the most about it. I mean, the soundtrack it peaked at number two on the U.S. Billboard 200. Um, it was certified double platinum in January 1997, and in 2001, the soundtrack was certified six times platinum. So, I mean, this is you know a legendary soundtrack um, and everything like wow. that. I mean, it, it it was obviously a classic. Um, you know, coming into it. I mean, uh, you know, the people talk about the commercialism of this new one. I mean, the first one, I mean, they market, uh, I think this was like the Jordan 10s, I believe, right? The, the ones that were in this uh, one. It was the, it was the 11s that the they 11. were marketing. Yeah, the 11s. Um, so it was like, you see, because there's a scene where the, the Bugs Bunny and Duck, they're trying to go get his basketball shoes. And for some reason, he's got one shoe on the ground, but then he's got one shoe like way up top on the way up on the shelf. So I'm like, dude, I know you're six foot six or six foot seven, but dude, why the hell you got your shoe way up there? Like that makes no fucking sense. So you're really trying to you know market the shoes really <laughs> nice, like the Air Jordans. Um, for some reason, there's like a random you know Pulp Fiction reference for some reason with this, like where I think it was Porky Pig and Yosemite <laughs> Sam. They're dressed up as oh, I remember that. I remember that. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, um, that's that's the, that's this that that's the version of the rap song in the new version. Yeah, um, I would. I mean, no. I think it worked better in the in that. Yeah, and that and that scene was only like two seconds. I mean, you blinking, you kind of miss that's it. That's true. Yeah, you you blinking, you miss it. You can't really blink and miss that that whole rap song at that, um, and and new legacy. But uh-huh. yeah, so they. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you have to run to the bathroom. Yeah, um, but you know they, you know, so they have kind of things like that going on in the movie. Um, the humor in it, I think, it's decent enough for a kids movie. You know, it's whatever. You know, I think Michael Jordan as yeah, a, there, yeah. There are moments I laugh at laugh. There were moments I laughed out loud watching the uh, the original Space Jam. Yeah, I mean, oh was, yeah, there's there's some funny moments. Yeah, Bill Murray. I mean, he he's good for a good laugh. When he comes in. Um, I, yeah, I oh, had as the most self-aware character in the thing. It was like, Bill Murray, how did you get here? Well, the producer's a friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I like the part where he was uh, golfing and they were talking about like, man, I want to play basketball. And it's like, you know, is it because I'm white guy? I can't play basketball. And it's like, he points to Larry Bird. He's like, well, Larry Bird's white. He's like, Larry Bird's not white. He's clear. There's a difference, you know what I mean? Like, so I thought there was some, you know, kind of, you know, good moments like that um, in the movie. Some good humor moments. That's a pretty funny joke. Um, I thought the, um, you know, you got to kind of have a little bit of, kind of like a little bit of annoying character sometimes in these kids' movies. A little bit of a bigger character who falls over a lot. And in that, um, I think the guy's mm-hmm. name is like, uh, his name is Wayne... Um, got the actor's name oh wayne knight. wayne knight wayne yeah. knight yeah so wayne you have knight. to you know so he's in there to kind of fulfill who, that who, role yeah, who plays that, yeah who's basically playing his exact same character part yeah oh yeah 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 um so you you kind of have was a little bit he of that, playing that same character here i don't remember when jurassic park came out was it it was three three years before that 
Oh, I know okay. too much about movies. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, he he kind of fulfills that role. It's it's a little annoying, a little bit um, to a degree, but you know, it's you know, it's kind of a kids' movie, a little bit of like, okay, they you know, it has to be that type of character who kind of fulfills that part. But he's not overly annoying; it becomes bothersome. But because he's not in it a whole lot, he just pops it up, you know, in it from you know here and there in some spots. Um, and I think that you know, you know, you know, Michael Jordan as a acting talent. Um, you know, uh, he's better on the basketball court for sure. Uh, you know what I mean? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he absolutely is. But I think what changed my perspective on his performance here was, uh, Last Dance, that, uh, amazing, uh, documentary that came out last year. Cause they did a whole, uh, segment about the time they were filming Space Jam. And one, he was acting pretty much on a green screen. So acting opposite nothing, which... One, acting is hard enough as it is, and especially when you take away any, like, actual scene partner. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I mean, you are you do have a very daunting task of going, like, hey, here's a guy dressed up in this green suit, treated as if you're really talking to a real person. Oh, oh and, and the funniest thing about that is, like, for all the basketball, like, get other, like, players that could compete with Jordan because he was literally just beating the shit out of everybody. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, so, I mean, he just had that competitive spirit, yeah. I remember I saw, like, you bring up The Last Dance, it was funny, I think somebody got a meme that was really funny, I saw one where it was, um, he was, like, the format of, like, The Last Dance, and he was talking about, like, yeah, I wanted that guy off the fucking team, he sucked, and then it was a photo, cut to a photo of Phil Jackson, he's like, uh, Mike, that's Bugs Bunny, <laughs> like, what the fuck, <laughs> you know what I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, you know, just kind of that desire, so I, I thought that was really good, so, um, uh, I just want to wrap up some final thoughts. So with Yolson and then Jeremy. So, uh, like, what, what kind of what would you kind of rating would you kind of give this movie and thoughts overall about it? Um, I would give it a ten, to be honest with you. Just just for what the movie was was made for. I don't think it's made for geeks behind computers. <laughs> Damn, computers. throwing shots at us. Oh shit. I, I honestly don't. <laughs> Well, like, not that y'all know. But y'all know what I'm talking about. Though. Right, right, right. Like, um, I, like, I just feel like it was made for the kids, man. Um, Like, I feel like it was good for the time. Um, Like, I loved the movie as a child. I, I still love it to this day. To this day. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like, I still love it. Uh, Yeah, man, so, so, like, for its purpose... I would give it a, like a ten. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, Jim. Uh, like you said, it's it's uh, a fond memory of the childhood. Um, I think looking back at it now, I'll. So, had to go off the top again. So they made another movie called Looney Tunes Back in Action that came out I think mm. a few years later. Now I do prefer that movie way over. Space Jam, just because it utilizes the Looney Tunes better as far as their personalities and characters. Mm-hmm. But I do consider Space Jam a fond memory of my childhood. And it's for kids, like you said. So I'm going to give it about a. I'm going to give it a seven. Seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nick, what about you? Yeah, with me, last night I tried to watch this uh, as objectively as I could. But. 
Goddamn, nostalgia goggles. Nostalgia goggles are a motherfucker. This is a eight out of ten movie for me. I dug the fuck out of it. It brought so many, like, fond memories of like watching this on VHS after school. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah. How about I, you, Josh? Um. I think I would give it six, maybe like a six out of ten, five out of ten. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Wait, you, 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 just, you just say a six out of ten. Damn, yeah. dude, are you really from Chicago? <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ! Um, are you from Chicago? You should not be doing that. That's, that's blasphemy. I wonder what what you gave the new one, bro. <laughs> um, and we'll, we'll see. We'll talk about it. Um, yeah, I thought it was. You know, I thought Space Jam. I don't hate Space Jam. Uh, I think Space Jam's solid. You know, I think it's good. Uh, for um, you know the kids and you know things like that and you know uh, of course I think the soundtrack obviously your issue, you know, um, it's just so, you know uh, saying said nostalgia who yeah um, this guy hate the kids man yeah that's very true I do I do hate the kids yeah that's very true um, but yeah I mean you know I don't, I don't hating kids movies is not gonna get you on Rotten Tomatoes we'll see um, you know there's still a chance there's still always hope. I get I get that I get that nice profile picture with next to my Rotten Tomatoes uh, critic quote. I still hope. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, you know I, I think it's a solid movie. I don't hate Space Jam. I think it's you know okay for what it is, and I think it's decent. I don't have any real you know strong any real strong reaction to it anyway. Um, I think that you know there's some good gags here, some good bits here. It's it's funny in good spots. Um, I think, um, you know, kind of the, the whole kind of ending of it, I think is pretty good. I think the Monstars are good, the aliens, um, you know, Danny DeVito is a good voice coming on, you know, coming in as the, the boss alien. I thought, you know, he had a good voice. I thought he was perfect for that. Um, Danny DeVito just playing Frank Reynolds. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he's playing kind of the Frank Reynolds character. Um, and, um, you know, with this one, I would say, um, also like, you know, with some of the, what they do with kind of the Looney Tunes is good. I think, you know, some of it is, 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 you know, could have done a little bit more, a little bit more gas with the kind of Looney Tunes characters. Um, I thought, you know, Lola coming in, you know, was, was good and everything like that. And I, I forgot that in this one, Lola was, of course, uh, I forgot with this one. Uh, Lola coming in. She actually was the one who knew how to play basketball. Out of all of them, she was the only one that knew how to actually play basketball, which I actually forgot about that. Um, and this one, um, and actually going back and, and and watching, I was like, okay, well, Lola's got some, you know, curves to it and everything like that. I don't know. And this new one, it does seem like, you know, I don't know. She's at least got some bumps or something. And I'm like in this new one, I don't know. It does seem like she's a little bit flatter. I don't know, but I, I don't know. But um, yeah, they, they, I think they made it shorter too. Yeah, because he, yeah, she does look a little bit different, but. I mean, it's still a good design either way it goes. It's still a really good design, oh, yeah. uh, both ways. What they do with yeah. the animation in, in the in the second one, which we'll talk about. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, I would give it like a like a strong five, light six out of ten. Uh, you know, so with with Space Jam. <laughs> um, all right, so moving on from discussing, we're going to discuss finally a new legacy Space Jam uh, with this one here. Um, long awaited, twenty five years. 25 years sequel um, with this Space Jam, and only is right that it is LeBron James, um, who is you know now considered one of the greatest basketball players on the planet. Um, even still, at the age of 36, he's still considered like one of the goats, one of the greatest players uh, ever, and still currently playing. And he's only 36. Yeah, he's 36. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, he would look a lot older, you know what I mean, if he didn't have the money, because that hairline was keep that hairline was going back and back and back. That hairline was stepping back. <laughs> Um, and then plus, hey, don't, don't shame that man. Nothing wrong with that. 
And, uh, and plus, you know, you know, he's got a little gray in his beard. Sometimes he puts that, um, what do they call that, just for men. Got that, you know, just for men shit in it. <laughs> Sometimes he's got to put that in his beard. You know, he's going to be doing commercials with uh, Walt Frazier pretty soon. Them just for men commercials. Yeah, I mean, like, damn, that brother, you rocking it. But, uh, yeah, nothing wrong with, you know, you know, you getting older, getting gray in the beard. I think, it, you know, gray in the beard makes you look more distinguished. You know, makes you look, you know, better, you know. Um, you know, Will Smith, I mean, you know, he puts, I see Will Smith, he puts on a lot of that. I saw one, like, it was like two different photos. Like, one photo he had all gray, and one photo he had all black. He putting that, he putting that shoe polish in his hair heavy. He putting that shit in heavy. Just get out the shower, shoe polish. Hey, he's trying, he's trying to take over, uh, he's trying to take over hey. Denzel. I thought I was the only person who like noticed that, bro. More in denial, of, <laughs> he more, more in shit, denial about his age. Like, more in denial about his age than Steven He's just trying to take over Denzel's spot because Denzel's starting to age out. I'm sorry. Yeah, Denzel. Man, Denzel's, Denzel, man. Denzel's almost like seventy, ain't he now? Denzel. Yeah, he he, he looks like somebody's granddaddy. Yeah, Denzel. Man, that's crazy. Uh, Denzel up there, yeah. He's not Denzel anymore. He's Mr. Washington. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah Denzel. He's sixty six years old. Yeah, he's yeah he's up there, man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Will Smith. Shout he's like, out to Denzel. Shout out to Denzel. He, hey, uh, black all star right there. True black all star, Denzel Washington. Yeah. Um, legend right there. Yeah, legend. legend. And so is Will Smith. You know, fifty two years old, still looking good. You know, looking great, looking good, man. You know, ain't nothing wrong. He's with only fifty two. Yeah, he's fifty two. Yeah. Jesus Christ, he looks sixty. <laughs> damn. damn, damn, bro. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> the man looks so <laughs> I love what it's been like. God, like, like that Jesus, photo with the great hair and the great beard. I'm like, God damn. His kids are adults now. Of course, he's gonna look old. Um, I don't, is this kid is damn. like Jaden? How old is Jaden? Like twenty? Is he twenty? Jaden's like tw- he's like Jaden's like twenty something, and he got a son that's like almost thirty because he got a son that's around my age. Oh yeah. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah. He does have an older son. Yeah, the son that nobody cares about. Nobody talks about his <laughs> Uh, Willow. How old is Willow? Yeah. Is Willow? Yeah, the son that didn't get forced into a Karate Kid remake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me see. Uh, Willow is. Let's see right here. Willow's twenty. She's twenty. Never say never. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Willow's twenty. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So he's got uh, Willow's twenty. Holy shit. Yeah. Willow's twenty. Jaden's twenty-three. Yeah. We're we're getting old, man. Yeah. Uh, we yeah we getting old. We some, <laughs> we're getting yeah. old as shit. Yeah, old I'll be thirty next year. I I feel old. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Did you hit your midlife crisis yet? Oh yeah, I've been hit I that. Eventually. Yeah, I've, I've been hit that. Yeah. I've, been, I've been spiraling to that for like two years now. Uh, Start chasing oh. after twenty-year-old girls again. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, at least, at least, yeah, at least it's not, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, chasing, uh, 21, yeah, that's about the limit, 21, definitely not going below that. 21, yeah, 21. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, all right, so, yeah, so, in uh, this one, yeah, we were talking about Space Jam, right, right, uh, <laughs> uh, right there, got into a tangent, there. sorry about that, we were talking about, yeah, Space Jam, so, in, in this new one, uh, it opens up very much similar to the beginning of the first one, where you see his, you know, life as a kid and you know playing basketball. Um, here you got a nice appearance by Wood Harris, you know, another black all star. Um, you know, you probably if you don't know his name, you've seen his face. He's been in tons of stuff, tons of black movies. Avon, yeah, Avon, Avon from, Barksdale from The Wire. Um, he was in Remember the Titans. Um, you know, he was in uh, what was that movie with uh, Makai Pfeiffer? Um, I forgot the name of that movie. Paid in full. Paid in full. Yeah, he was in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's you know black all star, been in tons of stuff before. 
Um, so you probably know his face a lot. So he's the, uh, LeBron's coach, um, and you know, telling you know, very instilling the lesson of in him about the importance of, of taking things seriously, of, of basketball, and telling him like, hey, you're going to be this great talent, but you just you got to take things seriously. Um, so I thought that was kind of a very nice opening scene with him and his mother. Um, I thought it was very nice. I kind of wanted to see a little bit more of that stuff, but that's not what this movie is. You know, this movie is all about Warner Brothers. It's like, you know what I mean? It's about, you know, pump, pimping that Warner Brothers stuff. So uh, that's kind of not what this is. Um, it was very nice also to see like a retro Game Boy. I was like, man, I miss those. I, mean, I, I kind of took me back. It's like, man, right. I, I kind of miss that, those Game Boys. Yeah, that was crazy. Oh, yeah, that took me way back. Yeah, I was like, man, I miss I miss playing with those. Yeah, the, especially the color Game Boy. You had Pokemon on there. I was like, oh man, I miss that. Uh, the, those were the days. Oh, yeah. yeah, wow. Um, so and I thought cartridges. Yeah, you used to yeah blow on it and spit on it and get, just get all that stuff in there. And then which they say is not good for the cartridge. All this digital stuff like they got now. Yeah, when well, you download everything, so you see, kids, you see, you understand. So you used to carry, you used to have a case for your games. You know, you used to carry which you had the case for the cartridges. You used to have a nice little bag, and sometimes you know you had to hand the mm-hmm. things. But now, you kids, is you download everything, and then you know now you got the whole TikTok thing, you know, and all this other stuff. See, we didn't have, we don't, we we couldn't, we couldn't play. You know, thought shit on our Game Boys. We couldn't do that. You know what I mean? We we just That's had. How you know, we're getting old, bro. You know, that's how you know we get it old. <laughs> like we started talking about back in our day, we was going all back in our day. Back in our day, we carried our game. Back in our day, we carried the cartridges for yeah. our games. Yeah, you know, what fucking I mean. kids don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you know what I mean. Um. So you kind of had that. So I thought that was a, a, a nice opening to things and, and set the tone pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um. And then it cuts to you know LeBron James in his house. So he's he has his son. And you know uh, what's his son's name again? Uh, I forgot real quick. Oh, uh, Dom. Dom. Dom is his son's name. Family. Right? Yeah, family. Yeah, I mean, not yeah. Toretto. You know they should have his son play his son. Yeah, like, they should have Bronny in there. Yeah, I, I thought that would have maybe been better if you had actually his real life family involved in there. I thought that would have been maybe yeah. a little bit better. Maybe. Um, if you did that, I thought that'd have been a little bit cooler. Um, but anyway, so you know, you have this kind of son, Dom, and Dom is more interested in kind of he's like a tech guy. You know, he creates video games, he's interested in technology, and it's a situation. You know, you know, simple story: father struggling to kind of bond with his son. Um, you know, you know, LeBron James cares about basketball and wants his son to also be a great basketball player. Um, and Bronny, uh, Dom just doesn't. Uh, I was going to say Bronny. I was going to say LeBron James, real life son. Uh, you know, Dom, he just doesn't, uh, you know, he's just kind of not into it as much as that and kind of into more of, he, wa- he wants to do me, as he says in the movie. Um, and there's a situation where the movie kind of kicks off is where LeBron James has a meeting at Warner Brothers um, in which he takes his son, Dom, and they're trying to present the idea to him um, with the help of this algorithm whose name is Al G. Rhythm. Um, who is played by Don Cheadle? So that's that's very clever writing there. Algorithm, algae rhythm, very clever uh, writing there. Um, you know, master mastery writing there, master level writing. Uh, you don't you you can't teach that in classes, people. You can't teach that. Right. Um, you either have it, you either have it or you don't. Yeah. You just <laughs> you can't teach that talent. Yeah. And they present a very nice presentation of presenting the idea to him. All about, you know, hey, being a part of the Warner Brothers universe and being a part of, you know, like being included in all these famous franchises, which they'll they'll repeat 
a number of times throughout the movie, like the DC Universe, uh, like Game of Thrones, uh, like Harry Potter. You know, they'll keep bringing their main Matrix, yeah, the Matrix, all their main big franchises that they have. And he goes like, you know, he looks at the presentation and goes like, oh man, that's cool. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm not interested. I don't want to do that. Uh, that's cool though. I mean, that's nice. Um, I mean, I guess it must have been. A yeah, lot. I'm too busy with my sport to be acting. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> um, so that's you know, ironic. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't sell out. Um, and it kind of it kind of made me feel like this is kind of the live look at like what it was like when other teams were trying to pitch to him, like when he you know first left Cleveland and he was going around all these different cities and teams and it was like New York and all these other different. Cause I know like the thing the New York when they presented to. Uh, presented to him they even had the cast of the sopranos like do a special little thing for him about trying to entice him to come to new york and everything like that like you know they I mean they were really going all out to get lebron james to come to all these different teams so i thought it kind of I was like, that's oh, how you know the next trash <laughs> that's how you know they're trash well, what else do you have to offer besides the sopranos well they said like because lebron james is like a huge fan of sopranos like he was like a big fan of sopranos at the time that's why they did that so yeah, but they had nothing else. It's like, well, I mean, it's like, well, you know, we got the Sopranos, you know, there's that, you know. But, um, and so, you know, when he kind of rejects their offer and at the board meeting, you see like Cyril Silverman's there, um, who's like a famous comedian. You see Steven Yun um, is there, who that must have been a nice one. Yeah, Glenn. Oh, shit. I didn't even notice that was Steven Yun. Yeah, man. You're missing Asian people, man. What's going on, bro? You're missing all your people, bro. What, what, the, what the hell is happening? Damn, I, I, was on a high, I was on a high from Black Widow last week. I guess I just didn't notice. Jesus. Wow, man. <laughs> Jesus. Way to miss Steven Yun. Asian representation right there. You're just missing it. Holy crap. Um, yeah, but he's there. Um, and so they say like, oh, well, LeBron James doesn't like it, man, the algorithm that, you know, came up with this presentation, he sucks, gotta get rid of him, let's fire this algorithm, he's terrible, and so Don Cheadle's like, oh, okay, so you think I'm terrible, huh, okay, well, I'll, I'll make LeBron James, I'll force LeBron James to do it, since he, he rejected my offer, yeah. Um, so that's when he kidnapped. That's a petty shit right there. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, a petty shit. I mean, he wants to get the job done. I gotta respect it. I mean, he wants to get his mission accomplished. You know what I mean? By any means necessary. So that's when he kidnaps LeBron James' son and puts him in this computer digitized world. And he kidnaps both him and LeBron James and puts him in it. And basically says like, "Well, hey, in order to get your son back." Um, you know, it's either you play me in a game of basketball, just like how the first one is, you know, a game of basketball to decide things. So if you win, you get to leave. But if I win, then you get to be a part of the whole Warner Brothers thing that initially you said no to. So, um, so that's the general kind of setup of things. Um, just going around the, the, the circle here. Um, what were you guys kind of thoughts about it? Yosin, what, what were you kind of thinking about it? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so... 25 years in the making, right? Um, we've heard about it since he came to my Lakers. Uh, so, how did I feel about it? I felt it was it was alright, to be honest with you. Um, I didn't really care too much about it. Um, again, like it's for the kids, like it's not for me. Um, I like I appreciate uh, what it was trying to do. Um, I did enjoy seeing a lot of the uh, fellow NBA stars, um, such as AD, um, Ernie Johnson. Everyone lo- loves Ernie. That was pretty cool seeing him in there. Um, but as far as like the story, 
don't know, man. Like, I just... I don't know, like, it just seemed lame to me, to be honest. Like, it seemed too corny. Mm. Like, like, I know that the first one was kind of corny as well, too. So maybe I'm just being biased. But I don't know, man. Like, it just seemed like this one. Like, it just seemed like it, it was a little bit too forced. LeBron is a horrible actor. <laughs> like, horrible. Jesus Christ. Michael Jordan was definitely better than him. Um, But, yeah, man. Like, I, I don't really have much to say about it. It, it was just... I watched it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's fine. Okay. It's fine. Trash, but it's fine. Trash. Oh, I wow. appreciate it. Oh, wow. It's yeah, trash. like Damn. it's pretty trash to me. Like it's pretty, and plus, plus, like another thing about it too. It was too fucking long. That that movie should never be two hours yeah. long. It wasn't too like long. um. To be honest, first, it, it was two hours movie, long. It was a, the first movie. It was a brisk uh, hour twenty eight. Yeah, uh, this is like, pushing two hours. Yeah, this hour yeah, like, like forty. Um, hour forty. It's an hour fifty-five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. It's hour fifty-five. Like I saw it on HBO Max. Oh, okay. um, yeah, man. Like, uh, to be honest with you guys, like, I'm sorry, LeBron. I love you. I I appreciate you bringing another championship to my Lakers, but I kind of fell asleep like forty minutes into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and like and then I caught myself and, and I woke back. I'm like, oh shit, I gotta watch this. <laughs> and, and like like I just forced myself up throughout the entire movie. But um yeah, man, like I, I didn't really expect much from it. I knew it was gonna be trash going into it. Um I I know that it's a money grab. I also know that it's for the kids, but more than anything, it's just a money grab. Um, so well, I understand the I, intent of it, but mm. it was just whatever to me, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. With me. Yeah. Let's be honest. The marketing for this movie was fucking terrible. The <laughs> two trailers that they, that they put out, they did not do a good job. We, they were selling something more like uh, ready player one than they were. A Space Jam movie, but their critique about like this movie just being a cash grab. The first one was too. That's exactly what the first movie was. So I can't really hate it. But it just made more sense though, um, because because hmm. because the first movie, you know, Michael Jordan, biggest athlete of all time, Bugs Bunny, hmm. Demner, the biggest anime animated character of all time. Yes, it was a money grab, but like. It also had like a decent meaning to it, like like you know MJ just just lost his father. Um, mm. Like it had like a well thought out story to it, like it's something that they like like took their time with it. Um, like I feel like with this one, it was just I feel like that like we could have done without it. To be honest with you, bro, like like it wasn't needed. Like it honestly wasn't needed to me because because I honestly feel like the like. To be honest, bro, like this gonna probably sound crazy. I may be crazy saying this, but I don't really feel like this new generation gives a shit about Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. To be honest, like I feel like, like I feel like people back in the nineties, we actually cared about Looney Tunes, bro. Like, mm-hmm. like I feel like Looney Tunes was was, was at its pinnacle back then. I, I feel like nowadays nobody doesn't really give a shit. To be honest with you, like mm-hmm. like the only reason why people really watch this movie. Yeah, yeah, like because the Looney Tunes name was attached to it, but like people just wanted to figure out a way to compare 
LeBron to Michael, to be honest with you. Like, man. I guess so. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Jeremy? Uh, you guys might hate me, but I actually, I actually like this movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, why <laughs> now, that? I don't think it's a cinematic masterpiece, but I think it's fun. It's like a fun family film. It's um, So first off, I do admit, I do not like any of the live action scenes because they're just... Ugh. It's like, yeah. The live action scenes remind me of a bad episode of Blackish. <laughs> 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 I hate to be mean, but... It just does. Oh, so oh, so so it reminds you of Black AF. Yeah, Black <laughs> AF. Because even when LeBron comes on the screen, like when he's with his sons, he's he's a pretty terrible father. Like he does not listen to his younger son <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, he's you can clearly yeah, tell he's a son. shitty father. Yeah, he's a terrible father. Like, he can clearly tell he's his younger son does not want to play basketball, but yeah, he keeps on pushing him. He's like that pushy father that thinks. Oh, because the way I did things back in the day is, of course, it's going to work for you. So it's just kind of like, yeah, this is not working for me. And so, but like, once they get into like the cartoon, well, actually, let me go back. So when they go to the um, Warner Brothers thing, I do admit they were selling the crap out of like Warner Brothers properties. And they do say, like, this is our new thing called the Warner 3000. I'm like, oh, this sounds like HBO Max. <laughs> Let's just admit the entire it. time, I, the entire time, I was just waiting for them to just. Call, yeah, we got this new thing. It's called HBO yeah, Max. Yeah, I was say you got Remember, drop kids, the app or HBO what? Max. Right, and why like, you guys are name dropped the app or what? Like, no, it's more of the thousand. I know this is HBO Max. Stop lying. But uh, <laughs> that was that was just like I was just like, okay, this is clearly HBO Max. But I do admit, once they get into like the inside the server verse. So I guess everything has to be a universe now because uh, of Marvel. But once again, to the side of the serververse, I do like Don Cheadle as uh, Algy Rhythm. Like, he was a pretty good, like, he's not like a great villain, but like, he was pretty good at acting as the antagonist. And even like the special effects, like, some of them are shoddy, but like, just the, the Tron like world that they're go- going for when they're with Algy Rhythm, I really do like the effects. And my favorite part is the animation, of course. So the mm. 2D animation, I was, uh, I was in love with it. <laughs> yeah, and I think this might be the first time in a long, at least in those segments, a fully 2D 2D animated like world. Yeah, I, I think so because I don't, I, I really don't see anything that was like any like CG animated. So I think everything was mainly 2D, like. Because even with the, the Toon world, like the Looney Tunes world, like, nothing was, like, anything CG-related at all. In fact, like, there, it was so Looney Tunes where, like, they even threw in, like, references to, like, classic Looney Tunes episodes. I don't know if you noticed, like, the shaving, hmm. oh. Bugs Bunny shaving. Oh, yes. Yeah, I think it's... Bugs Bunny shaving. Yeah, yeah. Duck season. And then uh, the Rabbit season, Duck season, and then even the uh, the saloon where he always picks a fight with uh, Yosemite Sam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, I liked it. I mean, it's it's like it's what the trailer showed uh, sold us on. It's like I didn't expect anything more than what we got. I do admit that the trailer mm. basically sold us like a Ready Player One situation. But like, I really wish they would have sold it as actually like Space Jam with the Looney Tunes. But what can you do? Um, yeah, um, like I will say this. 
um, like I did enjoy one scene. It was very funny, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have to, to like give this movie <laughs> that. Um, there was a scene during halftime where um, oh. um, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, don't um, give it away, don't give it away, like, don't give it away, don't give it away. Okay, 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 okay. Well, fuck, oh, that was funny. Oh, 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 I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's that, a big one. That scene. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was the biggest laugh in the yeah, entire yeah, yeah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> this one was really fucking funny. I have to give it to mm. for that, but yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so for me, I would say so. You know, coming into this movie, um, like I said, it did look like a you know a huge trailer for you know HBO Max, and obviously, and when you go see it, yeah, it pretty much is like you said, one or three thousand is pretty much you know HBO Max stuff that they. It's like, hey, look at all the stuff we own. Um, I would say start off with the, some of the positives I liked. Um, I thought some of the humor was very good. Like they do make you know references to LeBron James' mm-hmm. career. You know him like leaving Cleveland twice. You know what I mean? Um, they bring up you know um, you know other things about his basketball career. I thought was you know pretty good. I thought that was good self-referential kind of humor in it. Um, when LeBron James, I think you know I agree with Jeremy. Some of the kind of for me the best part is when they do the two D stuff. Like when he initially goes to Toon World and he's a cartoon and he's two D. I think does look pretty cool. Um, and you know, when he meets Buzz Bunny, it's like, he actually knows who Bugs Bunny is and he's like, LeBron James is excited to meet Bugs Bunny mm-hmm. and, you know, all the other Toon characters, um, you know, before, like when it was, you know, Michael Jordan, he didn't give a fuck about them cartoons. He was like, well, who the fuck are you? Uh, who Bugs, who, <laughs> oh, yeah, um, yeah. uh, yeah. you know what it I mean? Like, What's going who, on? Who, who this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, you are, you supposed to be like a rabbit or something. What the fuck? Um, you know what I mean? He didn't, he didn't really give a shit. Um, so this one, LeBron is, you know, he's, right, he's right. a fan of kind of all the cartoons and stuff. And then when they do the whole, um, you know, roll call where they go and, you know, get all the kind of team and they get all the tune characters, that's the chance for them to show off all the stuff. It's like, that's really when they do it. Like you have Foghorn Leghorn who's dressed up like Khaleesi and he's riding the dragon. So they got Game Oh, of yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. I say, I, I say, say, winter is coming. coming. <laughs> you know, you got, um, you know, they do Austin Powers. That's where they find Elmer Fudd. Um, you know, uh, you got... Um, <laughs> Um, you got a scene where they do like Lola Bunny. She's on the mascara, um, and she's. Oh tra- my gosh! I forgot to talk about that. That animation was amazing. Yeah, I, I did. I hate that, to cut you off, but I love that. Yeah, that, that one was great. Was incredible. Yeah, and they and they actually do it like the comic book panels, and they flip the pages. I thought that looked really great. I did think that looked pretty mm-hmm. beautiful to watch. And like Rosario Dawson, she voiced Wonder Woman. I was like, I know that voice. Um, who's doing one? I was like, oh, that's Rosario Dawson. Oh, shit. That yeah, was, was Rosario Yeah, I was trying to think. I was like, was that, is that Gal Gadot? I'm like, no, that doesn't sound like Gal Gadot. No, you, you could tell if it's oh, Gal. it's Rosario Dawson. Yeah, uh, yeah, playing the role, uh, reprising it from the DC animated movies. Yeah, you could, you know, you could tell if it was Gal Gadot. Yeah, you know what I mean. Lola Bunny, you must go to the. T- you could tell. When you could tell when it's Gal Gadot. Right? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. You you know when it's her. So I was like, oh yeah, I know that voice. Yeah, I was like, oh that's 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 yeah, that's Rosario Dawson. I was, I was trying to figure it out without looking it up. I was like, what's her name? I was trying to figure it out. But yeah, I thought I thought that was a beautiful animated sequence they did with the whole comic book panel. I thought that was really nice. But you know, they it was wonderful. And they do they do a whole DC world where they go to Metropolis and they see you know uh, 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 Daffy Duck they go get Daffy and everything like that so they do a whole and then the the most egregious <laughs> one to me was when they do the whole when they go meet Granny and Granny's in the Matrix one I'm like that was the uh, like they, yeah that was that really, was, that it, was it, it was yeah it it was like that a, was a joke that's like twenty years old yeah. and then like 
It doesn't make sense for her character or Speedy Gonzalez's character. I'm like, why are they here? Like, at least the other Lunatic characters, you kind of get reason why they went to each of those worlds because it kind of matches their character. But it, that one was just out of sync to me. Like, yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of like a Warnerville property she would fit in, you know, Granny. I'm trying to think. Actually, she would kind of more fit in. Maybe she, if she was like, maybe like an old woman in it and like turned into like maybe help turn into Pennywise or something. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, do something <laughs> well, like she was like, you could have been put in like Wizard of Oz or something. She could play one of the witches. Oh, yeah. You could have, yeah, you could have did that. You could have did something like that. But, you know, okay. Um, and like uh, Yosemite Sam, he was in like Casablanca. Um, so things like that. That so, one made me laugh. That one, that one made me laugh. Mm-hmm. It, 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 there, it, was, it was a bad joke, but I was like, okay, I, I find it funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's a really chance where they really show off like all the stuff that they have. Um, and then the, the, the scene that's prominent in the trailer, like where all the people come out. I mean, that, that's only like in that one big scene, and then you know, like for the just for the basketball mm-hmm. game, like you don't see them all the way prominent. Yeah, throughout. and no, yeah, no. most of them are just like in the background, uh, dollar store cosplayers that are playing a lot of the roles. Yeah, you know what I mean? Which, you know, you just show up on set, get dressed as Pennywise or Mr. Freeze or one of the mm-hmm. uh, the Frost the yeah. Frost King. React. It's Pennywise. Yeah. yeah, and just react. I do and... like the uh, I do like the animated characters, though. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, the hand background. Oh, yeah, the animated characters. Yeah, that was pretty nice. Yeah. yeah, so that was kind of a scene like that. You see Iron Giant fist bumping King Kong and shit like that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I will say I think LeBron James is a better lead than Michael Jordan. Um, it was in Space Jam, '96. Uh, um, I think he's a better actor than Michael Jordan was. I think he, you know, gives a little bit more of an effort. I think he has a little bit more of a personality here in this one. A little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. lively in this one. Oh yeah. Um, and I think you know, the animated sequence. I thought he was a lot better than he was live action. Um, and there was just his voice. Um, I think. You know, having Don Cheadle, who's kind of on autopilot a little bit, because we know how great of an actor he is, but he's, you know, he's on autopilot in this, and he's just kind of going through the motions and doing stuff. So I was like, okay, but you know, he he delivers some good scenes and some good moments. I think with his son, I you know, especially uh, some scenes in the in the basketball game, I thought he was funny. Like there was one scene, even he dressed up like Bill Belichick. Um, I thought that was kind of a good scene. <laughs> and that was kind of a funny little quick little references. Um, and, you know, uh, the, the voices with the Toon characters, the stuff they do here with the Toon characters, um, I think, um, is it better or worse, per se, than I would say than the first one? I think they can do a lot more visually than they could in the first one, obviously, because technology is a lot better. So, you know what I mean? You can do a lot more mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. Even sometimes I feel like it can be kind of feel like such a, 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 a onslaught of special effects, you know what I mean? With all this stuff kind of coming at you, all these colors and everything like that on screen. It's just like, sometimes it's just so much overload of, of sensory overload of just so much um, at a time. But I thought, you know, some of the stuff, yeah. the gags they did with the Toon characters I thought was nice. Um, Zendaya, she have, offers a good voice, you know, as, as uh, Lola, and she does a pretty decent job um, there. Um, they, you know, have some nice kind of funny moments during the game. Uh, good guest appearance, like Yosin mentioned, of like Ernie and and uh, Little Rail Howery as the two uh, announcers. I thought offered some kind of good mm-hmm. laughs. Um, yeah. Um, oh yeah, that Little Ray Howery cracked me. Yeah, um, he's always good for a good laugh. So um, just to go around, uh, guys, want to give your like final thoughts and uh, you know ratings for it. Uh, Nick. Starting with. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Want to go ahead there, Nick? Oh, yeah. So, with me, the marketing of this was terrible. So, I was expecting something way worse than than what I got. I was expecting to just be like in a saw trap for like uh, the near two hours of this movie. But I'm pleasantly surprised how much I ended up. I agree with you that I think LeBron is is a better actor than Michael Jordan. But a lot of it is, uh, I think for like a large part of it, when he's interacting with Bugs Bunny, I think most of it is just like uh, voiceover. And I think he does a pretty good job there. Uh, there are some great gags with uh, Bugs in the rest of the Looney Tunes uh, that I just had a lot of fun with. Uh, again, the granny scene that you get in her in Matrix World, that's a little weak. But most of the other ones work really well. For me. They had me uh, a laugh. I think Don Cheadle, um, I think this this served as a reminder of how funny Don Cheadle can be. Because he, cause, uh, especially if you're just kind of used to him in the Marvel, you don't get to see him do a whole, and I thought he was a really, uh, really fun villain in this. Um, the relationship with uh, LeBron and his son in the movie—that's the weakest part of it. And of course, the uh, aforementioned uh, notorious uh, PIG scene—that was that was painful to watch. Yeah, still better than Takashi Six Nine, but still. Mm, yeah. Uh, so rating. Uh, uh, me, I'd say a solid, uh, solid six out of ten. I had fun with it, but I can in no good conscience say that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, I mean, I'm I'm sorry, Yels. <laughs> yeah. So um, again, I wasn't a big fan of it. Um. Mm. I, like, I didn't really care too much about the story. Um, I didn't care too much about, the, um, like, the animation. Um, like, I would uh, agree with Josh, though, um, when he first arrived in, in, like, the Looney Tune world, like, the 2D animation, that was the best part of the entire movie. But um, other than, than that, I didn't really see a point to it. Um, like, I feel like the like the last scene, which is the game, I feel like that, that scene was overdrawn. Um, that was, like, a like an hour long scene like like that took half the movie um i feel like that the movie was too long uh yeah um like again like what i said earlier it's not for me i'm 26 years old so <laughs> right so it's not for me obviously um but um yeah man, i appreciate what it was intended um to like do um so for my rating i would give it like a four damn to be honest four Oh, um, like I thought it was, yeah, man. Like I didn't really care too much about it, to be honest. To be honest. yeah, hmm. yeah. Like I didn't Damn. give a shit about it, to be honest. Oh wow, it was too long, bro. It yeah. was too long. Um, like, like there were like a um, like a few charming scenes and stuff. Um, like, uh, man, I want to mention this scene so bad because the scene was so hilarious. I don't like. Can I just man. say spoiler like alert? Can uh, I just say it? Uh, or, let's get to Jeremy's like review and score. Yeah, yeah, that's, 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 a, that's, yeah. That's, a, that's a pretty big, funny. It's funny all right, I got you. Got you. Got you. Go ahead. Um, for me, 
so I'm kind of biased too because I'm a big animation guy. So for me, mm. I do love the animation, especially the 2D part of them, especially with all the references and everything. And uh, I, I'm just happy to see 2D animation back on the big screen. Um, far as the rest of the film, I really feel like the game took up way too much of the movie. I felt like they should have a lot more scenes of them getting getting prepared. Um, and the game itself... So, I don't think we ever talked about this. So, the game itself is not like an actual basketball game like the first movie. This is like more of a video game, basketball game. So, yeah. it, even if... You, even if you're a fan of the first one and you're a fan of basketball, it's not. I feel like it's not going to get people's attention like the first one did because it's just it's too crazy with the game. Like just stuff is just happening like randomly on both <laughs> sides of, the, of the, both teams. So for me, I think I'll give it a six point five. It's mm. it's something. It's something where it, it's it's a good family film, great film to take uh, the kids to. Um, but I don't think it's something where, uh, it's going to be like a memorable movie down the line. Like I'll still watch it cause I'm just a big fan of the, uh, animation part. I'll probably buy it on Blu-ray just because, but for me, I just feel like they could have done something way better with the Looney Tunes in general. I, I, I really do love Looney Tunes back in action, but that's just mm. my, my re- preference. And I, I feel like. This was just made just to make more money, so I that's that's how I feel. So uh, six point five, in my opinion. Well, if you're yeah. if you're like angering for classic Looney Tunes or well, classic-ish season two of a uh, oh yeah, Looney I watched Tunes it. Cartoons just dropped. Uh, I, I watched it. Yeah, <laughs> right on yeah. HBO oh, yeah. Max. Yeah, I you can see HBO well, Max. Yeah, yeah, they make sure to play that ad right before Space Jam Legacy. Story. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man, like, I definitely, like, agreed with um, Jeremy. Uh, like, when I watched it, I, I didn't feel like um, this movie was going to be thought about um, the, like, mm-hmm. next 20 years, just like the first Space Jam was. Um, like, it didn't have, like, that classic feeling to me. That's why, like, I didn't mm-hmm. really care too much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I felt like it wasn't really necessary. Like, I understand why they dropped it, but it just wasn't really necessary to Like, like I yeah, feel like it, 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 without it. Yeah. yeah, it just wasn't necessary. And even the soundtrack yeah. was not memorable at all. I cannot remember exactly. any song at all. Right. Yeah. And that's rare yeah. for me <laughs> to not remember I mean, any song at all. It's hard it's hard to follow up that soundtrack from the first movie. Yeah. The, like songs we haven't mentioned, like uh, Hit 'em High, Hit 'em Low, Monster. Mm, yeah. And that fucking slaps. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a, yeah the ninety six Space Jam. I will say it's it, it had an amazing soundtrack. It's this new one is not touching it at all. Um, you know, I will say I mean, the new one. Come is... on, come on, did come on, did come on, did you hate the bars from uh, Notorious P.I.G.? Oh, that's another reason why I'm giving it a six point five. Is that Notorious P.I.G. Where it's called that scene in the stupid uh. Okay, so there's two granny scenes that made me mad. So there's the one with the, with the Matrix, and they had another one where she just. She went on the basketball court and did like some type of move, which confused me. So I'm just like, where did this come from? Did she get it from the Matrix or <laughs> what? But she, she, she did some type of move against another basketball player, which just made no sense to me. So I'm just like, mm-hmm. that that it just <laughs> it just threw me off. I was like, what is this? Yeah, I guess that was setting up her in the so, Matrix. It was setting it up, I guess. Like, what's I guess. so funny? All of you guys hate 
on the um, Notorious P.I.G. scene. But that was one of the very few scenes I found very funny. To be honest, it just felt sad because LeBron (laughs) isn't trying to like hype up and you can just see and you can just see the light in his eyes just leave. (laughs) (laughs) That's what made it funny, bro. That's what made it funny. (laughs) I mean it's then I mean, like in the background I mean, hyping them up and shit. Like to me, it would work I mean, better though if it like it was like a halftime show thing. But it, like, like they literally just yeah. pulled it out of nowhere. It made no sense in, in the freaking yeah. movie. And it's going like on like, uh, forty still, points from it. <laughs> That's what still better than Takashi. <laughs> still better than Takashi six nine. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when it comes to the yeah the basketball games and yeah people were just like. Scoring points is like a thousand points because you did this, and five thousand points because I'm like, okay, what? The yeah, fuck? yeah, like, it's, it's, it's weird. Just, it's just <laughs> random. Well, they're playing like the the video game of yeah that, that uh, LeBron's son made. Yeah, so there's like you know, power ups and like combo moves. So I guess that was kind of how it was supposed to help make sense. Yeah, I, I mean, know if you I, guys... I'm glad they they set it up, but it just. To me, it just this is a, it's a basketball movie. At least try to keep it more down to earth with the basketball, but it's whatever. Do you know what's what's strange to me? I don't know if you guys noticed this, but um, the basketball game, like you know, when they did crazy moves, like it was worth like a thousand points. But like the last couple of plays, it was actually worth like two points. <laughs> did you notice that? I was like, well, I, how does I that think, make sense? I think what's his name was controlling the. Well, it's just kind of a spoiler, but. Some, there's a twist that happened. I think that's the reason why it kind of hmm. lowered down gotcha. the points. Gotcha. Um, all right, so we we get into spoilers real quick, and and we'll we'll uh, end there. So what what was the big? Uh, can I spoil the ending? Yeah, you can spoil the ending. Yeah. Okay, because that that made me mad too. Mm. Yeah. Go ahead. Spoil it. You want me? To, want me to go or? Yeah, you can. Yeah, spoil it. Yeah. Okay, so. So Bugs, so Bugs Bunny made that move at the end where basically like shut down the whole game and made it crash. So what got me confused is like they just ended with the Looney Tunes and that was it. Even though they bring back Bugs Bunny towards the end at the very end of the movie where he's like, "Hey, I'm a cartoon. I can survive anything." I'm like, that really makes no sense. And he's like, "Oh yeah, all my friends are here and stuff. We're we're gonna hang out." I'm just like, this this just feels weird to me. Like it felt like it was just tacked on or they just rushed. Rush yeah. the ending just to make it so it's like okay, yeah. Bugs Bunny survived. The tunes didn't have like a very very sad ending. I don't know. It just it just felt weird to me. Like the ending was not it was rushed. And then like so algae rhythm, like he uses the son's like phone. Like you know how he like basically scanned everybody inside the game, basically like teleporting them inside the game, kidnapping all these people. At least I would say at least a couple thousands of people. Like they never referenced anything that happened after that. I was like, "Are you guys gonna like shut down this this algorithm or shut down this uh this uh?" I think Warner three thousand because like Warner Bros should be held responsible for all the kidnapping. <laughs> I think so. When <laughs> what, what are we gonna get? Space Jam Civil War? No, I mean just have like a, a, a another scene where it's like, "Oh yeah, the algorithm we we shut them down completely. Like we're gonna pay off all these people that he kidnapped." Like they didn't reference anything about. It. I was well, like, I "That's think, kind of an odd ending." Um, isn't it you know, when Warner Brothers can't appear to be in the wrong? They're trying to. Yeah, because I, I was gonna say, isn't it when um, LeBron James? So when he posterized Don Cheeto, wasn't that like him defeating the algae rhythm? Was it? Like, wasn't that like him like 
like yeah i, I, I think they defeated him but i just mean like there should be like a little aftermath like hey warner brothers should have made it like hey all right, i'll g-rhythm he kidnapped a lot of people maybe we should pay some people off or something <laughs> so but, to me it was like it was just weird like okay he literally kidnapped hundred thousands of people and like basically threatened to keep him inside like uh as like prisoner inside of like a, a like uh internet database i'm just like just I don't know. It just it just kind of weirded me out. They didn't like mention anything about that. I understand, what, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So what was that the, was kind of confusing to me too. Uh, so what was the big thing you, uh, you wanted to mention, Yolson? Uh, spoil you wanted to mention? <laughs> <laughs> By far, one Sorry, of the most up. funniest Bubbles scenes. Seen it yet. <laughs> hold up, Bubbles have not seen it yet. By far, one of the most funniest scenes I've seen this year. To be honest with you. So, oh really? Um, yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. Like it was just no, funny I, to me. I agree. Yeah. So, so like there's this scene in a movie where like um, it's halftime, everyone's down, and um I don't know the like cartoon character names by heart, but um, um but one of the cartoon characters was like, "Hey, Michael Jordan is here." <laughs> and yeah, she, da- yeah, Daffy Duck is like <laughs> saying, "Hey, we got Michael <laughs> Jordan here." I think it was Sylvester. Here. And yeah. everyone's excited. They're playing like the Chicago. Hello, like music. excited, playing shit like the Chicago Bulls theme music and shit, <laughs> and then you see fucking Michael B. Jordan walking out through the show, <laughs> <laughs> eating popcorn and shit. Like that shit had me crying. I was like, "Man, this is hilarious." Yeah, I was just getting popcorn, and then Porky Pig kidnapped me. Yeah. <laughs> that was my little spoiler. That was right pretty funny thing, though. Yeah, that was it, yeah, that like was, that was a good thing. Like, like, like. Like it was just funny just to see Michael B. Jordan. Like he's like, what the fuck is he doing? This movie? It was so random. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that scene made me laugh. Uh, some of the some of the cameos that happened in this movie made me laugh. Like uh, the Rick and Morty one. I that one was it's hilarious. Just, funny, that was funny, yeah. Yeah. just being Rick and Morty. Just being Rick and Morty. Yeah. Even though it threw me off, the animation of them looked a little weird. Like I felt like it was it like looked flash. Off. Yeah. Yeah. It looked, it looked, looked off. different. Yeah. Yeah. Their the, movements the were weird. The animation on that cameo weird a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, everything you can think of that Warner Brothers has, I mean, they mentioned it. So they mentioned Cartoon Network. They mentioned DC. They mentioned <laughs> Matrix. They mentioned Game of Thrones. They mentioned the Turner Classic Movies. Hanna-Barbera. Hanna-Barbera with Flintstones. You see them running about. Uh, Iron Giant and King they, Kong. You see all the characters. Jetsons. Yeah. You know, yeah. So they, they yeah. It's like, Space hey. Ghost. Oh, I, I didn't see Space Ghost. Yeah, I saw, oh, Space Ghost was. Right. Yeah, he was he was fine around there. He was fine around. Yeah, in this couple of scenes. Yeah, so even had the Animaniacs. I was like, yeah. I wish we had the Internet with the Looney Tunes. I'd never seen them meet each other before. Yeah, yeah it's kind of a missed opportunity. I wish yeah. we could have could have seen the Animaniacs in a rap. Oh yeah, yeah, at least one scene. Yeah, mm, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, did I give it a rating? I think, oh, I don't think I gave it a rating. Um, I would give it a light, light six, light six out of ten, light six, um, out of ten. Yeah, so I give what? it a, yeah, I give it a, a higher rating than the, uh, first one. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, then the first one? Yeah, I give it, I think I gave it a, because I gave the first oh, one a, a strong six, maybe, a str- I mean, I gave the first one maybe like a, a five or a light five. 
give this a light six, man. What's your what's your what's your reasoning behind this? I'm com- I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Like, um. So with the first one, I think the first one has an amazing soundtrack. I think it has some good funny bits. The a new legacy, I think I like a little bit better, only a little bit because I think LeBron James is better. Um. I love the 2D animation part. And um, I like a little bit more of the tunes in this one than I did in the first one. So that's why I'll give it a Yeah, I, I, I agree. It, it utilizes the, the Looney Tunes way better than the uh, first one. Because in the first one, like, they... It's a 96 were, movie, though. Yeah. Well, they still could have went out their way and tried to make it more Looney Tunes-ish. But, like, they, I, they were, I can tell they were holding back, and I can tell, like... So I don't know the filmmakers from the first one. They they knew the Looney Tunes, but you can tell at least in this new movie they like they knew the Looney Tunes, like the gags and then how their world works, I guess, and how their humor works. Yeah, and like it kind of made sense a little bit because of like okay, you're in this this they're in like the app, so like all these creations in the app are there. It didn't make any sense, like Jeremy said, it didn't make any sense at the fucking end. All of a sudden, Bugs Bunny shows up in real life. I was like, what the fuck is this? Because at first, it was just like, okay, it's just this computer world. So these things are like like computer creations. They're codes and ones and zeros. All of a sudden, but then all of a sudden, Bugs Bunny's going to go in the real mm-hmm. world. I was like, that didn't, okay. I'm like, okay. But it, it, when it was just yeah. stick to the computer yeah, stuff. Yeah, that, that's where it threw me off. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, because like in the first Space Jam, it was kind of like, okay, are these Looney Tune characters like in another dimension or something? Are they like... You know, is it is it kind of like China or something? If you just dig far enough, you're just gonna pop up there or something. Like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, okay, whatever. Uh, I figure it's like I figure to me it was like I felt like they got kicked out of Toontown from Roger Rabbit, and that's where they live. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I kind of, I kind of like in the new one how they present the idea that the the tune characters are kind of like has-beens now, because like Yosin said, like a lot of the younger kids they don't really have that much of a connection to the you know to the Looney Tunes like that. Um, you know, so now it's like they're kind of like these has-been people. That's why they're all split up and doing their own kind of things now. <laughs> um, so yeah, so um, yeah, yeah that, that makes sense. So the plot. Yeah, so I, th- I thought that was kind of nice. They referenced that. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're all done talking about that. Uh, do you guys want to uh, head out there, Yosin and uh, uh, Jeremy? Because uh, we're just going to be d- talking about Loki to wrap things up. I know you guys haven't seen it or anything. It's already been like two hours for you guys. Sure. Yeah. Um, oh, I've seen, sure. seen, seen Loki. Oh, you've seen it? Okay. So you. Uh, okay. So you. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Yosin, want to pimp your stuff real quick? Links, uh, promote, all that good stuff? For sure. So my name's Yosin. You guys can follow me. On Instagram at Yelson Web Official. That's Y E L S Y N Web Official. Um, and my Twitter is at underscore Yelson or Yelson Web underscore. I forgot, to be honest. <laughs> um, and um, this is my clothing line right here FWPT Clothing. I also have a rug on sale. Um, you guys can check that out at FWPTClothing.com. And um, yeah, um, like I have some cool stuff um, that's in the works for the future. Um, me and Nick will be working on something um, oh, yeah. for the future as well. So, so yeah, man. Like I'm excited. Um, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, um, I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pulling up your site right here on stream. Got some nice hoodies there. I own uh, two hoodies myself. I own some shirts. Uh, very affordable. Nice hoodies too here. Um, Thirty-five dollars here. Very nice. Get a nice little box with the hoodie as well. That's pretty cool. Um, thank you. Uh, so very very good stuff there, um, yeah yeah really really cool stuff. Um, also, 
You got nice little pins here that you could get. You got like you said, a rug that's pretty cool. Uh, what colors do the uh, yeah. all the hoodies come in? It's purple, black, and gray. Yep, purple, black, and gray. Oh, and yeah. the um, rug is um, purple with um, pink. Yeah, purple nice. and pink, basically. Yeah, yeah, purple with pink. Yeah, very nice. cool, dope-looking rug. Yeah, you can have it in your nice little apartment, house, condo. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Maybe if you're a homeless guy, want to yeah. flex, could have it in your uh, tent there. Um, do something like that. Uh, outside yeah. the box. Yeah, outside the box. You know what I mean? Wipe uh, wipe your feet off before you come inside. You know what I mean? Want to have something like that on the rug, you know? Uh, have something nice like that. So, yeah. Yeah, pretty nice stuff. So, yeah, support. Hey, support them. You know, young guy out here having a business, uh, clothing business, trying to be successful oh, right here. You know, even famous people have, yeah. worn, have worn his clothes before, you know, um, you know, everything like that. Yeah. Um, so that is pretty really nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So he is really blowing up out here uh, with his designs. Hey, man. Th thank you. I'm uh, trying. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. Anytime, bro. Um, yeah, man. Just hit me up. Um, let me know whenever you want me to hop back on. I'll try to make time for you. All um, right, man. Thank you guys again for um, letting me onto your platform. I really appreciate it. Oh, and yeah. Um, yeah, I'm good luck with everything. I like seeing what you guys are doing. So thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, I look forward to see what new, you and Nick do. Nick, you and Nick got some good chemistry. Great chemistry, man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right. See you, bud. All right, man. Take right, care, man. Take care. Have a good one. Have a good one. All right. All right, let's get into our final topic of the day. Uh, we're going to be discussing Loki, uh, give a wrap-up of Season 1. I just binged uh, all of Season 1 of Loki yesterday and a little bit of today, uh, so I'm good, fresh on it. Uh, right now, it was a good quick binge, six episodes of the series. Um, so, in Loki, you have Tom Hiddleston returning as the character, uh, the titular character here from his uh, many appearances in the MCU films. Um, here in the Disney Plus series, you have it where he works for the TVA, uh, the and he's trying to track down another variant Loki, um, Lady Loki to be specific, a lady version of himself. Yep. And um, <clears throat> Lady Loki, who is played by uh, Sophie uh, DiMartino, she's mm -hmm. kind of like a, a longtime uh, British character actress. She's been in stuff like Yesterday. Uh, I think is like her last uh, last film role before uh, this. I think. Mm, okay, um, and here um, it's like you know, and you know, Owen Wilson. Um, he has the you know great idea of like what's better uh, to catch a Loki than another Loki. Wow, you know what I mean? You know, gets that kind of genius idea. So, um, in the series, um, you know, I think that I, I was really impressed. You know, first of all, just. The design, the set design of it, because I like kind of the old tech kind of look of things going on in the TVA, um, kind of this old school design mixed with kind of like the 70s, right, with kind of more of a futuristic design. It kind of reminded me a little bit like a Legion, a little bit, kind of what they did there, uh, kind of combined kind of designs or something like that. Um, and you have um, also the head of the TVA, you have Google and Bathara. Um, very impressive name to say, uh, amazing name to say, uh, as always. Fantastic. <laughs> Um, you know, who's kind of the head of this TV agency and, you know, slowly as kind of the series progress, you, you learn more about the agency, you learn Loki trying to, you know, really, you know, kind of figure out what the agency is and how the agency operates and kind of when you hear more about it, it's like, yeah, this sounds kind of crazy. Um, you know, three lizards that control time and then you kind of just listen to them without any, you know, 
any kind of questioning or nothing and then these people kind of control all time and you know kind of help you know stop you know the the uh help keep the multiverse intact and everything like that I was like yeah this sounds a little kind of wild uh yeah like what's what's going on with this as they yeah protecting as they call us sounds, a sacred time sounds a little culty yeah you know what i mean <laughs> like yeah sounds yeah very yeah, local and I was amazed how like deep this show got into into philosophy like that because a lot of the discussions are about like um, if you break it down, it's about religion. I mean, mm-hmm. do you just uh, you just believe in this stuff because you've been told it, or or what? Yeah, yeah. Because like uh, when you say it out loud, you know it sounds crazy, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we yeah, say it kind of like you just kind of like yeah, but that's just the way things are, you know. Why question things? It's working, you know. Hey, we've been, been doing this for years. It works. Yeah, you know what I mean. Why we don't know anything else? So what's the point? Um, and they explain like so. They explain like a variant is basically somebody who you know kind of went off the timeline of where they were supposed to go. Um and or wait a minute is that am I describing more of like a nexus event is that what it is like like more of something that happened that wasn't supposed to that's more of like a nexus event and a variant is just simply a copy of somebody yeah. from another universe mm. or yeah I think uh, that's what a variant is yeah a variant is yeah a variant is pretty much someone who causes a nexus something that is diverting from uh the natural flow of time okay and a variant is the person that causes Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so Loki in this situation, so he's the variant because he took the tesseract, something that wasn't supposed to happen, and then he—that's when he jumped, and then it was like that's something that veered off the path of what was actually supposed to uh, happen there. Um, so, uh, to get you guys thoughts, so I know like Nick has been reviewing some of the episodes um, on the show. I haven't been here for those, uh, but I did. I did. You know, watch some of those episodes. I want to get Jeremy. So, what is your opinion to have uh, been on kind of some of the episodes? And the series overall. Oh, so I meant the first episode was kind of slow, but uh, once the things got rolling within the second episode with the reveal of uh, Loki's uh, variant and finally being a female Loki, uh, things started picking up, and she started dropping some stuff. that's like, oh, TVA is doing such and such of this. They're not really the good guys as, as you think they are. So it, it, it picked up, and then. Once things started getting uh, picked up, when they started doing reveals of what's going on in TV8, and uh, well, I don't want to go too much to do, but it gets really interesting. I like how weird it's getting, and then like the the mystery behind what's going on. It's it's actually pretty interesting. It it, uh, reminded me of watching WandaVision, trying to think of okay, what's really going on with Wanda? What's 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 the story here? So I. I really mm. liked it because it kind of, I admit, I really was not looking forward to this show as much because I'm really getting tired of Loki. But the way they're going <laughs> around this, the way they're doing with this character this time, I really like what they're doing and what they're setting up him to be in the future. So, mm. Mm. okay, uh, Nick? yeah, out of, out of all of our like, uh, yeah, I'm I'm just thinking about all of our weekly breakdowns of how much of that was. Uh, spent like theorizing all the possibilities that were going to happen, how this was going to, how it was going to tie into uh, like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and the future of the MCU. This one, it it kind of feels like vindication for that theory made. 
Because I think with uh, that show and a little bit with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it kind of like discouraged us from like going as crazy with our theorizing. Here, it it felt like without giving away spoilers, it felt like all of that was correct, but in the best way possible. Hmm. Could you uh, elaborate? Yeah, a bit. Uh. <clears throat> Yes, um, are we doing, like, spoilers? Or yeah, we, full spoilers uh, for it. Just holding off for right now. Okay, yeah, I was holding oh, back so to with the, Yeah, so with the, like, the last two episodes, I'd say there's, the last two episodes of this are the best thing that Marvel's put out since Avengers Endgame. Wow. Um, especially him interacting with uh, the other variants of Loki, especially uh, uh, Richard E. Grant, who is a classic Loki, which... By the way, only Richard E. Grant could give a performance that amazing, dressed like that. He's the only person <laughs> I can think of that can do that. And you also see uh, Kid Loki and uh, my personal favorite, uh, Florida Loki. <laughs> uh, yeah, nice alligator Loki. Yeah. Gainer Loki. <laughs> Florida Loki. And that's like the most you see of the development of... Uh, of Hiddleston's Loki and him kind of growing because one of the big conflicts on that planet are like all of the other Lokis are just spend their entire time backstabbing each other. Mm. Even uh, President Loki, who is also played by Tom Hiddleston, uh, having that uh, amazing scene. Yeah, it's my army. And just a never ending line of, yeah, about that. Mm. Um. <laughs> um so and then getting to the final episode where we get the debut Jonathan as a he who remains is what he's credited on IMDb as who we already know he's been cast as Kang the Conqueror. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. And he's gonna yeah. sh- show up in the third Ant Man film. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and this probably has, like, the biggest implications for the future of the MCU. Oh, yeah. you also see at the very end of the episode, the timeline, it's, it's going nuts. And you get that almost heartbreaking scene of Loki back at the TVA with, uh, with Mobius, and Mobius doesn't recognize him. It's like It's like he entered an entirely new timeline with the TVA, and now the three statues of the of the timekeepers they've just been replaced by by kang mm, yeah yeah that I, I that that ending freaked me to the hell back out because it was like that, it, it, that was a gut punch of an it ending. was a gut punch of an ending then just it just creeped me out i don't know why it creeped me out but it was just like it was so unexpected the way everything happens i thought okay loki's gonna go back and see mobius and it was like oh it's time for us to gear up to fight, uh, to fight whoever's coming, you know, uh, aka Kang the Conqueror. But you don't, re- you're thrown off that he's thrown into a whole new timeline where basically Kang is in control. So it's it's pretty amazing what they did. Yeah, I mean, so. Um, yeah, to, to bring up, you know, Jonathan Majors, that was the big reveal of the last episode that you know a lot of people have been talking about. That nerded me out. Yeah, like, when he that, came on that nerded me out and. That man is earning that marble check. Mm-hmm. The man is, the dude is chewing up scenery like it's made of tic, like it's, 
is chewing up the scenery like it's made of candy. Yeah. And I love I'm, it. And it's a, I'm glad he different did, for a character. Yeah, and it's way different of a character than you normally see Majors play. He's like really nonplussed about everything and he feels ancient. He feels way he feels like older than we could possibly understand. And he's just having fun at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, his yeah, his performance coming on as Kane the Conqueror and his speech at the desk. Um, I mean, it was very captivating. It, it reminded me a lot of like a little bit of what he did in like Last Black Man in San Francisco, which was an amazing film he was mm. in. If nobody's ever checked out that film, highly recommended. Amazing, amazing film. Um, and I mean, he just you know really you know really giving it one hundred and ten percent. It seems like you know in the performance and his afflictions, you know just you know his everything in it, his whole body, his whole you know range of emotions into it. Um, and it's 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 really great to see. It makes me sad to to hear that Lovecraft Country got canceled. Uh, season one, kind of wanted to see what else. Uh, see uh, season two, what what they would have done with season two. Um, but um, yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was you know really good appearance by him, and it's it, it's good at setting him up. You know, four to come on as the villain for you know Ant Man three, uh, and to see what he's kind of going to do there, and his interactions with you know uh, you know Ant Man and the how the whole crew there is going to be. Seems like it's gonna be very fun to watch, um, you know. Throughout the series, um, you know. I think. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say I think it's a great inter- introduction. So, are we sure is he gonna be like the main villain of the, the ne- next few ma- phases of the MCU, or is he is he just gonna be like uh, like a side villain or something? Um, I don't think we know yet. It's right? Kang the fuck. It is Kang the Conqueror. He is not a. Uh, he is not a one hitter quitter. He is like one of the big bad the event. Okay, well, he is is a great sub to like a uh, a, a the next big villain of the MCU because you know how like at the end of uh, first Avengers they set up Thanos and we were like, who is this purple mm-hmm. dude? Like he don't he look like he ain't playing <laughs> around. So it's a nice big setup for the next villain. And even though I read up on Kang, I was like, okay, he does not look like he's going to be, like, the next big Thanos. But just the way he talked about, like, hey, there's other people out there who are more scared, more yeah, scared than I am. I was like, okay. Yeah, there's yeah, there's variants that are way worse than Yeah, him. I was like, okay, yeah, this this guy is not, not going to be playing around when he finally arrives. So. Yeah. Which I'm happy that it was actually. Uh, debuting here because for a second I thought they were going to have Miss Minutes. Oh my gosh. The one I thought that, it all. <laughs> that 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 jump scare got me. She, you know what? It, it got me. Then like even the look on her face <laughs> even though she's like animated like she was creeping me out. I was like what the hell oh, is yeah, she, yeah Tara Strong is amazing in the voiceover for Miss Minutes. That entire like monologue was creepy. And that jump stairs got me. Even I, the animation, like, <laughs> even the animation, even though it's like basic animation, her facial expression it creeped me out. I was like, "Oh my gosh, what is going on here?" Yeah. Um. So you know, I, I know Jeremy. He mentioned of how like you know maybe he was kind of sick and tired of seeing Tom Ellison play Loki. Um, after seeing him in all these movies, uh, what do you th- all think of like you know Tom Hiddleston returning as Loki in the, in the Disney Plus series? And what do you think the Disney Plus series does for the character of Loki that the movies really didn't do? Mm. Uh, so they basically 
Well, they talk about before how Loki's basically a jerk, but like they go to like details like, hey, he does actually care somewhat about how people feel about him, and even mm-hmm. even referencing his so-called sexuality is like okay. They because they kind of had hinted about it in the comic books. Well, they did talk about it in the comic books, but at least they brought up like, hey. <laughs> I'm into women and dudes, and even his powers, which I was wondering for the longest time, like, does this man have magical powers besides just turning into people? So I do like that they're referencing, like, yeah, he is a sorcerer. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this this does a better job of exploring his powers, and I think exploring the character of Loki more than, <clears throat> more than we got in the Thor movies, or even the the Avengers movies that he's featured in. <clears throat> Especially with uh, just hearing about the other variants of it. I think the the classic Loki monologues from Richard E. Grant, they do they do some amazing legwork about uh, showing us who Loki is. Because even after all that time, he still loves his brother. Hmm, yeah. And the only reason that he was captured by the TVA is because tried to go see him again after he was dead Mm, um so you know um in the case of you know this show um and it is getting a you know a second season so this show it seems like it's more you know you know has more stuff there for a second season rather than something like wandavision Mm. um and as opposed Mm. to even maybe something like falcon in the winter soldier um because i know they're gonna just do a movie Uh, of it i'd agree i agree with that yeah, because it seems like well. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, w- with uh, well, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they've already announced that uh, Captain America Four is in the war, and it's going to be with Anthony Mack. So yeah. that feels like it's going to be the epilogue to that series. Uh, this one, there is definitely room for a second season, especially just the way this season ends. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they have they have so much material they can use. Even though, like, I feel like Captain America: The Winter Soldier, it does have material can use for a second season, but mm. it does work pretty well as setting up the next Captain America movies. Because I feel like what they did in that series would not work in just one movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, movie was probably the better call than just to do another season of the show. Mm. Uh, uh, probably, movie, yeah, uh, and uh, I al- and I also think uh, I also think Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. I feel like that's the apple to to one division than than uh than a second season of that show would yeah 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 they're gonna they're gonna bring up what she did how yeah. she can add all those people so yeah uh absolutely um so is there anything that you disliked about this series at all uh i thought the out of all the episodes, I'd say the third one was the third episode was probably the one I liked the least. But I think it's saved mostly by uh, Tom Hiddleston and Sophie uh, uh, Martino's chemistry. I feel like their relationship of uh, both being like uh, variants of the same person. I feel like that's what saves that episode and exploring that dynamic. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I still think that is the weakest. Uh, episode of the season okay uh jeremy uh i mean i like the show i still think wandavision just for my taste and my personality i think it's the best marvel mm-hmm. show just because of what they do the different tv mm-hmm. dramas but i i really like the show it's um 
It's pretty good. Like the only thing I don't like is I felt like there wasn't a lot, a lot of action in it. Like, for of course, Falcon and Sawyer had action in it because it's basically like a spy TV show. But mm-hmm. this one felt like it had a lot of talking, but there's no problem talking. This flight like it needed a little bit more action. It's a little bit more action in it, mm-hmm. and uh, I just and also. Just because I don't like cliffhangers, the ending kind of made me mad. But that's only a personal issue with me because I hate cliffhangers. So, mm-hmm. okay. Um, I think one of the weak spots for me is that how quickly, like, some of the people turn on the TV that work for the TV, like Owen Wilson or uh, you know uh, Hunter uh, uh, B fifteen, uh, played by uh, Wumi um, Mosaku. Um, one of the kind of issues is like you got to remember I mean, these are people who've been doing this their entire lives right what we see and then they hear some information from loki who's a known liar as they say you know what i mean who's like you know loki's one of the most famous liars ever and all of a sudden they go like oh well maybe he could be telling the truth that we are kind of this thing from hunter uh b15 from her character's perspective she actually got touched by lady loki and she's got a kind of you know kind of a vision of some sorts but you know that could still be like an enchantment and given that these people know about the powers of what a Loki can do, I just thought a little of that was just a little too quick. Um, how quickly they were kind of, you know, had that kind of distrust in them already. I get it's a six-episode series, and you kind of got to move things a little bit. But I just thought a little bit of that was just a little bit too quick for me. Um, I thought, like I said, the chemistry between, um, you know, Loki, Lady Loki, I thought was amazing. I thought they bounced off each other really, really well um, and stuff like that. Um, you know, Loki, you know, you know, truly living up to a narcissist thing, you know what I mean? Loving, you know, you know, himself, you know what I mean? I mean, I mean, you know, he puts, you know, effing himself to a whole new thing. made out of himself. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't, you can't get more narcissistic than that. I mean, you know, that's top level. Um, but yeah, I thought everyone roasts him for it. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, what else could you expect really? Um, so I, I thought that was very good. I think you know the potential of second up, uh, setting up a second season. I thought it was also very good. I, I'm, I personally I like cliffhangers, especially since they announced pretty quickly they are going to mm-hmm. do a second season, and you know about them going to all throughout the multiverse and fixing all these different you know uh, you know events and trying to patch all things up. And also it does build towards multiverse of madness with Doctor Strange, and you know I mean Doctor Strange's got a heavy thing on his plate. He's got a lot of stuff he's got to deal with. He's got <laughs> Wanda's crazy, fucking Sylvie mm-hmm. just. Cause like the next ten years of Marvel's problems. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like he's got Wanda over here. She's crazy. She's sad. Then you got Loki over here. You got eighteen Lokis doing some shit. Then you got it's like Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Like you know, I mentioned uh, Mordu from the last movie. It's still out there. Oh, <laughs> oh, and Mordo still fucking with him. Right. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, man, he's he's got a lot of stuff on his plate. I mean, he's he's. I mean, he's gonna have mm. yeah. I mean, them temples are going to get a lot grayer. I mean, for sure. I mean, he's going. He's oh, going. Yeah. Oh, he's, going yeah. uh, he's going to look like Obama after eight years. I mean, just straight, just gray hair. I mean, all <laughs> over. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought this was yeah, early retirement. Yeah. Um, so, how would you all rank this series among the other uh, two Disney Plus series? <sighs> to be honest, I, I rank it. Uh, I think I rank it second behind WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier at at the bottom. Only because WandaVision did something that is not 
Marvel-ish at all, at least for the first, mm. at least uh, every episode until like the last one, like, like just having the whole sitcom angle, just just going in the first episode, it throws you off because you're expecting like a big superhero type thing. So it, 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 I really do like how they did that, and then each episode was its own little sitcom of each decade, which I really like. And then Loki, Loki's, Loki's like a sci-fi show. From the sci-fi channel, that's actually really, really good. <laughs> that's how I describe mm. it. Mm. So I, I really, I really like that angle. And Captain America: Winter Soldier is only third last, just because it, it's it's basically like Winter Soldier and Civil War, which which I I like those movies, but it's kind of like okay, I kind of wish there was something more to this, but mm. it, it's still a really, really good show. Yeah. Uh, what would be your rating for it? For Loki. It's such a hard decision because I like him. I'm not in love with it, love it, but I I'm gonna give it a, a solid seven point five just because it does set up so much for the MCU. Like my mind's just going crazy. Like what can they do with this? Because he literally, Ellie has the biggest implication. Because Loki really messed. Well, not Loki, but Lady Loki literally messed with time and multiverse in general so they have so much they can do with, it, with all this it's gonna set up so much crazy stuff and interesting stories that can be possible for the mcu for the next 10 years so i'm gonna give it a 7.5 okay uh nick yeah for me this is probably gonna be my favorite marvel show um out just out of the three that have come out so i put this first uh wandavision slightly behind in Falcon and the Third. Um, and that's only because uh, Fal- Captain America and Winter Soldier, that's uh, that's more or less what I've come to expect from all. With uh, this and with WandaVision, they're taking a more experimental route. They're playing around with like different timelines, alternate versions of characters. And this probably, w- with this next phase of Marvel, this is probably the most important thing now. It sets up what if, which I guess now it's confirmed that that's going to be exploring all of the other timelines that have broken off because of this show. Oh, um, okay. Setting up Multiverse of Madness, setting potentially setting up one of the next big bads of Marvel. Yeah. Mm. So it'll be your rating. On top of that, all the performance, all the performances are top notch. This is the best Tom Hiddleston's ever been as the character. Owen Wilson, he's incredible in the little bits we get to see of him. And um, Sophie uh, DiMartino, she's a great new addition, and there's that you do with that character, with the alternate Loki. Uh, For me, this is is easily a 9 out of 10 show. Wow. I'm only not giving it a 10 because the third episode, uh, Lamentis, was the weakest one. But that episode, it's probably like a seven or seven and a half when every other episode has been like eight or nine. For mm, okay. Yeah, um, I pretty much, you know, agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. I think, you know, strong performances. Um, I think great chemistry between Lady Loki and uh, Tom Host and Loki. Um, I'm interested to see what they do with the Lady Loki character. Um, whether, you know, I think eventually there will come a time when Tom Hilston will you know, be replaced as Loki, and then that will be the new Loki that we kind of follow. Because they're doing that without all these shows, pretty much setting up things and kind of, you know, taking out the old guard, putting in the new guard, like, you know, the Black Widow movie with Florence Pugh. 
setting her up. She's going to be the new widow. And then obviously Black Widow, uh, you know, played by uh, Scarlett Johansson. She's not going to be there anymore. So it's like setting up all the new stuff. You know, same thing with like, you know, Anthony Mackie as Captain America. So, you know, constantly kind of replacing and, you know, you know, trying to bring, you know, rejuvenate things and bring more life into the MCU and not the same old faces again. Um, I think the series, you know, you know, really creative stuff, interesting stuff they did with it throughout. Uh, love, you know, love multiverse stuff. I love, you know, kind of, you know, that type of, you know, storytelling. I really like that in comic book stuff a lot. Um, and, I, you know, for a second season, I think that's when, you know, like Jeremy mentioned, more action is really going to kick off of them really going exploring all these different multiverse events, stopping these things, trying to contain them, trying to, you know, really help the timeline and things like that. And like you said, I mean, setting up all these other different things um, and setting up in a way that feels not shoehorned in, like something like you saw, like when they did it previously, like in Iron Man 2 going way back, you know what I mean? Well, that was just basically almost like a commercial for the Avengers almost pretty much it wasn't even really a movie um so you know with this one i think it's a strong series i think it's very good if i had to rank them uh man i i would have to go with um you know what out of all the disney plus shows i'd say this has the strongest finale out of either one wandavision or mm. falcon uh, captain america and the winter soldier um i think this has the strongest finale by far i think that was kind of one of the things that was really crippling with a lot of those series is that it was really good at first but then the finale just kind of kind of wet the bed a little bit and this one has the best finale out of out of every one of them so i oh, yeah, the last episode yeah last yeah. episode of both shows i was gonna say last episode of both shows are pretty bad yeah well not really bad they're subpar yeah yeah, so for me, I, I, I so I so I'd kind of give Loki the edge there as far as being my favorite one, and then WandaVision, and then uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier there for me, um, and then Loki overall as a series, I'd give a strong uh, eight there. Um, and yeah, I mean, great performance from the whole cast does a really great job. I'm interested to see you know Owen Wilson come back and and everything like that to see what they do. So yeah, very very much so. Um, the yeah, episode four or five, I'd say episode five was my favorite, but they bring in all the other Lokis. Um, you know, Richard E. Grant does an amazing mm. Loki. I think he's great. I mean, he makes you know a great kind of older Loki. I think that was really awesome. And then Kid Loki, um, is, is was really great as well. Um, so yeah, um, absolutely oh, strong. Can't forget Florida Loki. Yeah, you know, also yeah, uh, Alligator Loki for the for the uh, MVP, um, as well. Garbage Loki. Yeah. With uh, the handlebar, <laughs> handlebar helmet. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was that was a lot of fun. Episode five was, was a lot of fun. Um, all right, so uh, we're gonna get out of here, people. Jeremy, uh, pimp your stuff there. Let people know uh, where they can find you and your good old links and everything like that. Sure, sure. You can find me on my YouTube page, uh, Jeremy Payne. Uh, if you see a cartoon black guy as the profile picture, that's me. Uh, and then you can find me on my Instagram, Twitter at Painful Artist. So that's P A Y N E F U L Artist. Uh, that's where you see my art and some of uh, my tweets. Working on other projects, so I don't really put out that much stuff anymore. But once I get it done, you'll see me putting out some more stuff. So stay tuned. Okay, that's pretty awesome. Pretty nice. Uh, Nick? All right, you can find me, Twitter, Instagram, at... Uh, stay tuned for... Uh, y'all see Bubbles here, Instagram, at bub.bles0922. Uh, Josh, where can they find us? 
Um, yes, so, of course, um, you can always find us on, of course, Twitch. We're on twitch.tv slash The Afternoon Tune. Uh, we're also on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash The Afternoon Tune. Uh, good, you know, follow, like, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. We see that stuff. Always respond back as quickly as possible. Um, if you want to give us an email, uh, The Afternoon Tune at gmail.com. Um, if you want to check us out on our socials, we're on Twitter.com, The Afternoon Tune. We're on Instagram at The Afternoon Tune. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Uh, we have our own Facebook page at The Afternoon Tune as well. We're also on TikTok. Uh, getting some good TikTok followers, getting that up um, as well, helping us there. Put up some new clips uh, talking about Black Widow. Uh, we had the Stream Queens on uh, last week uh, discussing Black Widow. Um, they were amazing guests. They just showed up. You know, Sarah just rated us. You know, thank you again, Sarah, so much. Uh, Sadie's was also in the chat as well. Um, you know, they did such a wonderful job uh, last week uh, coming on talking about the, uh, uh, Black Widow and everything about associated with that. And then when I put it up on TikTok, a lot of people said, yeah, I did notice that face thing that uh, Scarlett Johansson did with her mouth. So Sadie's was on to something there. Um, the weird mouth action that Scarlett Johansson was given. Um, yeah. And they also, you know, having that female perspective as well on the show. They also, there was a comment that mentioned, yeah, yeah I noticed, they, you know, uh, Black Widow's hair and how it was braided in one scene and then things like that and changed differently. So, you know, so I, th you know, that, that was kind of great for them to kind of be on for that perspective as well. I think they did, uh, you know, very, very much. So all oh, Sadie's is in here now as well. Um, yeah, how's it going there, Sadie's? Um, and she'll be back with her boyfriend, TB, next week. Uh, we're going to be doing Snake Eyes, uh, more of that Asian representation. Uh, that's pretty yeah. nice. Uh, so Henry Golden, yeah. uh, Andrew Koji, hopefully that's a good time, fun time. That we're going to be seeing Snake Eyes with. Mm -hmm. um, so, I think I mentioned everything right there. So, to all you people out there, hope you had a great time listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, nice, big, hunky show. Three hours. We had a great time. Um, and to all, you to all you people out there, don't forget to always stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh,